Hello and welcome to Is This Really For Kids? A podcast where I, your host, the attention decide is this piece of media content good enough for kids? Is it good? Are they going to be traumatized? Are there adult themes? Are there things we need to talk about? Hey, we talk about them on this podcast and I'm qualified because I went through a tough childhood and I felt like I was just like taking in a lot of stuff from TV and not really processing it. So this is a podcast to help you do that and also why not talk about great films because I'm also in entertainment like maybe it'll come back to me that good energy now we are going to talk about Harry Potter 5 babies uh this is my favorite book I didn't really like the movie though but it was my favorite book The Order of the Phoenix Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and I have the most unusual guest, but honestly, I cannot wait to hear her thoughts. I met Brenna because she is dating my boyfriend's brother. They were all homeschooled together. So I will never forget when I saw Brenna. She also like cemented my faith in my relationship with Luke more because Brenna feels like a me from another reality. Like you ever see somebody and you're like, oh my God, we are like kindred spirits. That was Brenna. She gave me a little bio and I want to read it to you. Um, She's the first one to ever do that because all my friends are artists and Brenna has like got it together. Living in San Francisco, it does things to you people. Anyway, Brenna is a Berkeley graduate, a freelance copywriter and grant writer, and she works full time for a mental health nonprofit. Uh, I've heard her talk about her job some and it is super cool and I like want that job. So if anybody's got opportunities for that, please consider me. For professional inquiries, you can find Brenna on LinkedIn. For hot girl content, you can find her on Instagram. And I will link her Instagram for you guys. But yeah, I met her on my 24th birthday party. It was the first time I was ever throwing like uh, a party with a bunch of people. And I was so nervous because I am such an introvert. And I don't know, I thought it was going to be like friendless for most of my life. And I didn't know if people would come and what to expect. And I was throwing it at this hotel. And at the last minute, I was worried that the hotel was like not going to let guests in. But I saw her and and my first thought was like, ah, the Scorcho men have the same taste in women, which is very, very funny to me. Yeah, I'm just like really excited to have her on the podcast. And I can't wait to hear her thoughts and share it with you guys. So I so I grew up like a Harry Potter stan, like always, always was reading the books, like was waiting in line for the movie theater, was waiting in line for like the sixth and seventh book release, like super jazzed about it. I went to a Christian school for elementary school where we weren't allowed to read Harry Potter in school or whatever. But my mom was like, fuck that. Like, you, like she was like, magic is real. You can do whatever you want. Like my mom like loved fantasy, loved Lord of the Rings. So I just grew up like super, super into it. And it wasn't, and I also, to this day, like, listen to Harry Potter audiobooks almost every single night. And I I get them from, like, an illegal website, so I don't pay for, you know, I'm not, like, paying J.K. Rowling for them, which is nice. Um, But, but, like, when I was a kid, like, my mom rented the Harry Potter, like, audiobooks on CD from this old CD store. And then she, like, burned all of them for us. Mm -hmm. So we always had, like, literally every night growing up, I would, like, put it in my CD player and, like, play the CD of audiobooks. And I just still do that, like, 20 years later. What's your favorite Harry Potter? My favorite is Six because, because I just like the romance between Ginny and Harry. And I feel like, like, like this book, like... This book is so fucked up and like they're all fucked up. But like this one for Harry especially, it's just like bad. Like it's bad. It's all bad. That's why I loved it. I loved this book because I felt like 
heard. I was like, this is my life struggle. <laughs> and I was and I am reading about it. I am Harry in the it's, fifth book. And I'm alone in yeah. the and, and adults like and that's like what I like was thinking about when thinking about talking about this in the discussion of um, you know, like is this for children and stuff? And it's like when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, it's totally for children. Mm-hmm. But now as an adult, being like, okay, so Harry's just abused by all of these adults in his life, and he feels so alienated that he has no one to talk to. And then at the end of the book, like the one adult that he trusts is like dead, and you're like, fuck, like, oh, it's so yeah. bad. And this one connection yeah. to family, yeah, it's oh, so, so terrible. All right, we'll just get okay. right into the movie. So I love, uh, I'm not a huge fan of this movie, I think just because the book is so, like, such a, like, it's such a big yeah. impact in my heart. But I do like how they, like, they start out with, like, Harry, and he's just, like, swinging on a playground. And I love it because it's, like, he has, like, truly lost any innocence. Like, he has seen a man be killed in front of him. He has seen the man that has killed his parents brought back. It's, like, over now, right? Yeah. The, like, fantasy part of the world is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, like, the last part. Like, I think I agree. Like, that scene is so influential because it's, like, the very beginning of this book, you could be like, okay, maybe he has a little innocence left. And then just, like, immediately after, you're like, okay, no, it's, yeah, it's 100% gone. It's gone. fully gone. Like, nothing. And There's then nothing. Dudley, Poor who Harry. honestly, and I, it took me until this movie to realize, wow, like, Dudley is such an interesting character because he is so close to the yeah. world of magic, but nowhere near it, nowhere interested in it. And I'm like, I don't think that I could hate Harry Potter once I knew he was magic, right? I feel like that would go out all of the window, no matter what my parents were saying. I would, like, never want to bully him. Yeah. I'd be, like, I would be fascinated. But Dudley, like, doesn't care still. And just, like, the hate of the Dursleys yeah. is so freaking strong. Yeah, and it's, like, he was so indoctrinated by his parents. Like, I also, like, I come around to Des- Dudley, like, you know, not this book, but towards the end of the series, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, very last book, you're like, okay, like, Dudley, like, does see some of the humanity in Harry and the fact that Dudley, like, says goodbye and, like, there's, like, a small inkling that he's, like, a better person than his parents, but he's just, like, so, like, indoctrinated. Like, he's, like, Repu- Dudley is, like, the Republican kids that I went to high school yeah. with, where it's, like, they're just, like, hateful little monsters because their parents are hateful monsters, yeah. and they're, like, because he's, like, rich and they're, like, they coddle yeah. him and give him everything. Well, they it's, don't like, why know he- love. They don't know true yeah. love, I think, is the big problem is like all they know is hate and like basically he like queer shames harry about cedric and is like oh is cedric your boyfriend and i mean like he did suggest Mm -hmm. to take a bath um in the fourth one but yeah. yeah and then he like makes fun of Harry's dead mom, which is just lovely. Like, what a lovely fucking... So fucked up. But then he gets really messed up by the Dementors. So karma is real. And these Dementors, honestly, I think they're more scary in this movie than in the third movie. Because they're rogue? Because they're just, like, rogue? They freaked me out. Yeah. I don't know what it is. They were, like... I think their, like, face was scarier here. Just the way that they were, like, CGI'd was frightening to me. Yeah. And so then Harry, of course, desperately cast a Patronus because these Dementors were literally yeah. munching on their souls. And then Miss Figs comes to the rescue. Oh, no, my God. Miss Figs She's is so adorable. cute in her little slipper. Uh, yeah, that's me. That's me in, like, I mean, that's me already. That's me during quarantine. Like, literally. I just, like, walk to the corner store in my slippers and then, like, bring my cat in the backpack with me. It's fine. It's so adorable. So adorable. 
But anyway, so she tells him that, like, oh, Dumbledore asked me to keep an eye on you. Um, so she's like, don't leave your house. And then, of course, Vernon Dursley is, like, so freaking angry because they think that he's, like, killed Dudley on purpose because yeah. Dudley's all loopy after almost having his soul sucked out. And then I also thought it was cool in this movie, because I don't think it says so in the book to my memory, but it's Umbridge's voice on the letter that says that Harry is expelled. Whoa. I yeah. never knew that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that I don't think that's in the book. That's a good addition to the movie. For sure. Oh, wow. So it's like she plotted this whole last thing start to yeah. finish. Like she was pulling the strings on all of it. That's so crazy. I also think this that part is so impactful because this is the first time, like, most of the books, there's, like, some magic that happens outside of the wizarding world, like, while he's still at the Dursleys. But this is the first time it's, like, an actual, like, threat to his life. Like, when Dobby yeah. comes along, it's, like, sucks for him, but it's, like, kind of funny and whatever. And, like, all the little magic things that happen or, like, the flying car and whatever. But this is the first thing where it's, like, no, an actual, like, evil magic, like, being that could literally mm-hmm. kill you is just, like, all of a sudden at your house where you're supposed it's like the yeah. one place you're supposed to be safe yeah even though he's like he probably never felt safe at the yeah. yeah unfortunately yeah now harry is expelled for saving life and then he also keeps seeing cedric die so life is like freaking amazing for harry but luckily tonks moody and kingsley come and rescue him and i freaking have always been a tonk stan like my favorite line oh, yeah. of hers is like don't call me nymphedora um Yes. Oh, so such a badass. I also thought it was interesting, too, because I think in the book, I remember they made such a big deal about her hair being pink. And in this movie, it's like her hair is mm-hmm. more like magenta-y and that like bubblegum pink is reserved solely for umbrage. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about uh, that. Yeah, like pink, it's pink like is a bad color in this. Evil. Yeah, pink is a bad yeah. color in this book and movie. That's wild. Yeah. So I don't even know what this means, but in the book specifically, and I think in some of the movies, Tonks has this thing where he says, like, she says, Watcher Harry, or, like, Watcher, it's, like, W-O-T-C-H-E-R, and I don't know what the fuck that means, I feel like I've tried to look it up, it's, like, not a British slang that I understand, but she just, like, says it to him every time, and I feel like she's, like, immediately, like, she's, like, one of the adults in this book who recognizes, like, okay, Harry's a child, like, Harry has gone through so much trauma, like, it's, like, we need to, like, make him feel, like, special child, so, like, he's someone who's, like, recognized by adults, and, like, can, like, have relationships with adults. I feel like all the other adults are either, like, treat him like adults or just, like, treat him like a baby and, like, don't tell him anything. I feel like, like, Tonks is really good at being in the middle and being, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Tonks is real. She's very, she never hides or pretends. So then they go to Grimroll, right? I hope I'm saying it right. I always feel like I mess up saying the Grimroll place where Sirius Yeah, I think so. Grimwold. It's a a mouthful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, it's so nice to see Sirius. He has such a warm presence. He's so likable. (laughs) Yeah. And so hot. I feel like even as a kid i was like oh sirius is like so hot and then in the movies when the third movie first came out and i was like he's still cute in the movie like i think the actor's cute but i like pictured him just like so much cuter and i was like a little let down i was like 13 i was like what the hell yeah it's fine he's almost like a badass i feel like he's got like a jesus affect thing going but like a darker like emo jesus yeah yeah he's like fallen angel jesus yes oh my god but then miss weasley is like closing the door and isn't allowing harry to be part of the 
Order of Phoenix, which is this like secret society. And I like was always I remember reading this in the book and being pissed because it was like he deserves to be on the meeting. Like he is affected whether they like it or not. Yeah. And Harry's like pissed already because in the book, like he's like no one's writing him letters and telling him what's happening. And he's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And so he like tries to send Hedwig to get Harry and or to get Hermione and Ron to write him letters and like then you find out later in the book like Hedwig was like picking at their fingers like like trying to like bite their fingers to write stuff and they're like we literally couldn't tell you what was happening and it's like that whole part is so silly like there are ways like there are ways oh, in magic so like you could send up. a Patronus with a message like there are ways for messages to get to Harry that won't be mm-hmm. that won't be like you know like letters that won't be able to be not received. Yeah but. I think it was because Dumbledore was so worried about the link between Voldemort and Harry and doesn't understand it and was just worried Voldemort was going to like use Harry's mind and I think that's yeah. why he kept it from him but it's still like really messed up because Dumbledore doesn't even talk about that link until like almost toward the end of this book and movie yeah like the very end and it's like and in doing that all he did was super super alienate Harry who like Dumbledore's another person where it's like one of the few adults he feels like he can trust and it's like because Dumbledore was just like didn't understand it so it was like I'll just leave him totally in the dust and like not look at him when I see him and be super cold to him and it's like that led to Harry gets getting super abused like directly physically abused by someone in this book and not feeling like he could tell you because you just iced him out it's so like I'm I get so mad at Dumbledore yeah well isolation is so ineffective like isolation I feel like is one of the number one causes for like oh, mental for health sure. problems. It's like our happiness is so dependent totally. on other people. And to just completely like be like, okay, here's this terrible tragedy that you already feel like an alienated freak from everybody. Also, we're going to yeah. treat you like one. Those who love you well, most. That's uh. been made so clear during quarantine. Like the organization that works, this mental health organization for kids and families. And we've seen a huge uptake in people trying to reach out and get our services because mental health is so directly correlated to having a network of like friends and family and like seeing people and talking to people. And it's especially affected. Um, high school age teens and it's especially affected the elderly who are like caregivers for like young children and just now have like no one to talk to their age and like can't go out to the grocery store and like can't get any sort of social and don't have an online presence like that's where I feel like like people our age like can be online and still connect to our friends and it's like if you're over 65 like you just don't have that same option in a lot of cases and it's like so yeah like definitely like isolation is so correlated that was the people who got the most affected too was in that 65 and up group where a bunch of people died i'll never forget my grandma always says she's like everybody i make friends with either moves away or dies and she's like that's so sad (laughs) i know and then creature oh he's so creepy here i like want to like him (laughs) you know i want to feel bad for him but he's oh he's so disgusting and gross yeah I also thought it was interesting in the movie that they, like, don't do the head boy thing, which is so, like, it's so pivotal in the book. Like, Hermione gets head girl and Ron gets head boy and Harry has, like, the first, like, kind of bit of jealousy towards his other friends, I feel like, in the series. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, what is it? It's not head boy, it's, um... Prefect. prefect, yeah, 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 right. yeah. Because yeah, Percy's a big head boy early in the books, but yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole prefect thing is so fucked too. Cause that's another way where he's like, okay, Dumbledore hates me now. Like Dumbledore's not telling me anything, and all, and he's just like not picking me for things. And but it's also like I sympathize with Harry, but I also sympathize with Ron and Hermione. It's like 
it's actually so good for them because they have this friend who overshadows them mm-hmm. in almost every way. Like, Hermione's literally the smartest person at the school, yes. and, like, she's still overshadowed by Harry's drama all of the time. So it's like, they, I think they totally deserve that. Yeah. Like, it's like Harry, like, and it's like, Harry, do you oh, really fucking sure. want that? Like, you already have all of this crap going on. Like, you don't need yeah. that. Yeah, you don't need the responsibility. Yeah. yeah. But I get it. I think it's that thing with trauma of, like, you unfortunately you have to like deal with the trauma and that sometimes means you have to put other things to the side but it's like you want to just continue as normal but you're different now you know that yeah. whole thing but yeah and then I love yeah. Fred and George just do all the magic because they're of legal age which is great because Fred should while he can yeah uh, but uh, mm, no, no. <laughs> no. And then, yeah. oh my god also, the extendable ear thing, like, I never until recently thought about, like, the, just the sad cosmic irony of, like, them creating these extendable ears and then George or Fred, I forget which one, like, losing his ear later in the series. Oh, oh. my God, right? Oh, my God. Isn't I didn't that wild? think about that. Yeah, though. I love in the movie when Crookie, like, the cat eats it and tries. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's exactly. I was like, my cats would do the same freaking thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so then Harry has, like, a hearing, a literal government hearing at the Ministry of Magic, um, which I think is so weird, like, because they all think that Dumbledore wants to be Minister of Magic. And I'm like, if Dumbledore wanted to be Minister of Magic, he would have been. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know why they're, like, all of a sudden now that he's, like, gunning for the job. Yeah. It's, um, like, Fudge is, like, such a, like, a Ted Cruz character to me. Like, he's just, like, <laughs> pudgy and, like, kind of fucking stupid, but, like, somehow some people like him and it's like Dumbledore 100% like Dumbledore's the Bernie like Dumbledore could have gotten elected mm-hmm. over him but Dumbledore's like doing other stuff like Dumbledore cares more about the school and about kids and also knows that like he has more power than the minister like really when it comes down to it like he yeah. just overpower fudge because he's way more liked and way more powerful and so it's like he's like doesn't need the position doesn't need the title like he wants to do his yeah. own thing and like pull the strings from behind which I love yeah for sure and so then we kind of hear a rumor that Voldemort is after a prophecy which is, it's crazy sometimes how prophecies come and go and mattering in the Harry Potter world. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the movie does a great job with the prophecy whole aspect. Uh, I definitely feel like you have to read the books to like really understand that. But yeah. Yeah. I think even in the books, there's some plot holes about it. Yeah. Like, the importance of it, like the whole part about that being, that being like the death of Sirius, like that whole thing about like trying mm-hmm. to get to the prophecy and touch it. It's like, just seems like, a bit overdone when it's like Voldemort already knew this and he already knew that yeah like Harry the was prophecy like, doesn't do anything like it doesn't reveal anything big I feel like it's yeah yeah so it was like simple the, yeah and it reveals that it could have been Neville and it's like okay like it's just like so irrelevant like yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. But I like the photo that they go into this like British phone booth and it like becomes an elevator. I would love, oh, I would love that as an oh, elevator. So cool. Oh, it's yeah, so yeah, and I love that it prints out the little name tags. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh uh, yeah, super cute. Yeah, like when they're at the end when they're on the rescue mission, it's like Harry Potter rescue mission. Like so cute. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. But it's interesting to me, like, how sleek the ministry is. And it's so polished. But it's also, like, dark and underground. And there is, like, no light source, really. Yeah, just fake windows. Like, the whole thing about their... You learn later, like, they have fake weather happening, like, in the seventh book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, that's so weird. Like, your whole day, you spend all day in an office. And it's, like, the weather's just determined by this, like, group of maintenance people. Like, it's, like, just not... It's so, like, disjointed from reality. Like, the reality outside in the real world. Yeah, so weird. And then I love... They have, I think, like, a... 
it's like a daily prophet and it's the article is like Dumbledore daft or dangerous and I'm like literally the title of my biography <laughs> like, I was like that's a great I one. love that it's so good and it's so funny that the daily prophet is like the biggest newspaper it's like maybe the only yeah. publication besides the quibbler and it's like so silly <laughs> like it's like so like old newsy like like just like clickbait like a literal version of the onion <laughs> like yeah exactly serious. yeah it's, it's yeah it's like 100% clickbait they're like just read these headlines and everyone's like getting indoctrinated it's like what like there's like you're telling me there's not smart honest journalists in the wizarding yeah, world guess. like what did even it's crazy like they're just like all like <laughs> propagandist like assholes yeah i'm assuming if you were like smart and honest you were like an aura or you went and did something that was more yeah i don't know but anyway so then they get kind of screwed because their meeting is moved up um and they they have that like cool thing where they have flying notes and then Mr. Weasley makes a joke and I was like, yeah, we used to use owls, but it was like really messy. And I was like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I love that. But it's also it's like there wasn't a magic solution to that. Oh, I at know. All. Right. Like, and I, you know, and also like how easy would it have been to just have telephones? Like I always laugh at how like phobic they are of like any mu- muggle kind of technology. And it would yeah. like, just be really I was like, I guess you'd have a kind of a weird thing of like you'd have have to have someone come install this and they would probably be very freaked out by the like underground government going on but a telephone would probably be the easiest <laughs> yeah they also like jk tries to make like make a you know plot around that by in one of the books hermione's like talking about hogwarts history and she says there she was like technology don't you know like technology goes on the fritz around here kind of thing mm-hmm. like there's so much magic that like walkie talkies won't work kind oh of yeah thing. but telephones but telephones don't work like that like telephones are not like a radio signal going out as it goes through or maybe they are maybe yeah. i don't know i don't know how telephones work either so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nah, i don't know okay maybe it's gonna work but i always thought it was interesting because in the the meeting that they have that hearing they are like they don't pretty much believe anything harry says and i'm like well if the truth is the issue and you think he's lying why didn't you just truth serum him like if it's really yeah. that big of a deal well it seems insane that they would have any sort of like the big jury meetings and not give the person on trial truth serum like if you're able to give someone truth serum and why would anyone yeah. not take it like that seems crazy like an extinct crazy you could like put people in azkaban for doing yeah. things that they didn't do and you could have easily just figured it out. You get the most accurate information. Yeah, yeah it's that like in freaking way, book three like. when it's like they don't Ugh. give serious truth serum, but it's like give them the Dementors kiss and you're like, what you know, and you're like, what the fuck? Like what? You, what? Like you don't even care about the truth at all? Yeah, they just like skip over those steps. They like do not care. Yeah. Um I also love that Dumbledore got to the ministry three hours early. Like, that's, it feels like a me thing. I feel like I'm always, like, super early to places because I get so much anxiety about, like, <laughs> going there and being late that then I overestimate and, like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to do for this, like, hour beforehand. Every, every time um, I read that, I'm like, he must have been up to something. Like, I, I always, whenever I'm rereading the books, I'm always, like, trying to find out what he may have been up to because I'm like, there's, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what were you doing three hours early? Like, he's not, like, he's a person who seems very like remembers things and just seems like he would be on time and not like waste his time like i don't imagine him just like dawdling around the ministry and like and he's i honestly think he just knew that they were going to move up the media sometimes he just like knows things he's like i have a hunch that they're gonna play so i'm just gonna come over yeah it's probably like a little bit of like legimency like he's like legimency's you know fudge and he's like Mm -hmm. fudge is being super sus about this like i should be prepared but but why would he not tell harry that like why wouldn't he tell harry i know 
So I don't know. He's so bad at communicating. And then, yeah, Fudge is, like, not amused because he's like, well, very convenient, Harry Potter. <laughs> Muggles can't see Dementors. And it's like, I didn't even, I was like, that had to be crazy then for Dudley. Like, that, to me, like, switches the whole, like, kind of opening scene. I was like, so he couldn't even see what was attacking yeah. him? Like, he's just, like, I was like, I don't even know, like, what. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, night terror kind of thing. Like, you wake up and just, like, see a figure and it's just, like misty and scary but also yeah oh. also they could have had a like magical investigator go out and interview dudley who would have been like yeah i just passed out it was terrifying like you know he would have described like feeling cold he would describe all of the things that like come with a dementor being around even not seeing him and then they could have wiped his memory and it's like they didn't do that either yeah. which also they should have just done for like the preservation of magic and like not having Dom- dudley be traumatized like they could have just wiped his memory and he would have been fine but instead they're like man whatever he can live with all that the yeah. terrifying traumatic <laughs> incident that happened good luck they just like don't care uh, about kids care about it's muggles. like adult wizards no. don't give a fuck about kids they just don't like muggles not muggles they don't, don't. Give a fuck. <laughs> yeah and it's so to me i'm like well why else would he produce a patronus right like you're gonna yeah. like, use some common sense like why would he do the spell that would be like my first thing it was like well why are you doing underage math like why is it this yeah. right it's not even like he did like a bogey hex or like an unforgivable curse yeah like, yeah or uh, like not like he did like a dumb yeah exactly like a bogey hex or some dumb hex to like get back at someone it's like this is like a serious mm-hmm. magic that you would only do and like what can muggles even see patronuses i was under the impression they didn't even see patronuses so why yeah. would it even matter that much like if a muggle can't see it like what's yeah. the deal like for sure but thank god for mrs figs the squib uh because she gets them all because uh at first they don't believe her because she accidentally describes dudley and harry instead of the dementors (laughs) because she's so cute (laughs) one of them was very large (laughs) so cute um but then she gets it at the end oh it's like a slam poetry the way she says it they were like they were big cloaked everything went cold and all the happiness had gone from the world and yeah and umbridge oh my god i honestly think that umbridge is scarier than voldemort yeah i don't know what it is yeah i mean it's like the whole like she's the niceness thing like she hides in this niceness and the civility it's like that's why i think with republicans in congress like that's why i think a lot like mitch mcconnell is more dangerous than trump because it's like trump is like outwardly Mm -hmm. evil and he's like a lot of people can see through him as totally being a fucking idiot but mitch mcconnell is like sly and he like uses a lot of language talking about civility and da 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 and so people think he's like Mm -hmm. a good upstanding you know like republican guy and it's like no like he's even more evil like he's more evil because he puts on that mask and is like sociopathic and is able to like play a good person yeah, every time I hear Mitch McConnell's name, all I can think about is his hands, and Ew. I just like Ew. Oh, yeah, get the very black scared. One. That, he literally has the hand that Dumbledore has in the end of the series. No, oh, that's so funny. I know. Oh I'm God. like so. I don't even know. I can't even process it <laughs> on my brain. I like literally that's can't. So I have to like funny. file it away. I'm like I don't. That's too much. I don't it's even want to know. <laughs> no, it's too and much. I wanted to say about about Mrs. Fig too. The whole like it's so clearly like classist and slash like racist in the wizard world when they're like can squibs even see dementors Mm -hmm. and it's like okay so squibs have been part of the magical community for like probably all of magic time and like really no one no like regular wizards know what squibs are like capable and what their capacity is to do and to like how much they are able to participate in magic and in the magic world like it just seems like so classist they're just like oh they're fucking second class citizens like we don't know shit about them we've never taken time to like study what squibs know 
and yeah. see and are potentially like you know are capable of like yeah so shitty oh it's the worst so then dumbledore suggests that the ministry is the one that ordered the dementor attack and everybody gets like so messed up and they're like well if it wasn't you it was voldemort you know and then that yes. they're even mad about that and Dumbledore's like, I don't understand. Like, you guys, we all know that, like, magic can be used in life-threatening situations. And Fudge is like, well, laws can be changed. But I like, and I feel like yeah. this is our current government. It's like, listen, I understand, like, if you don't like this law, but if somebody did, if somebody followed it, right, was following the law, there was no law against it, right? They didn't technically break any current laws and you changed the law after, you can't punish them for the current thing, I feel like. Like, until there's yeah. a law, you can't punish them. Um, yeah, exactly. And there's some laws that I'm like, I don't even understand why these even are laws. <laughs> like, there's, like, stuff about, yeah. like, alligators not being in cars. And I'm like, how often does that oh, happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, if there's Well, there's stuff- still... I, so I grew up in the Inland Empire and still in Orange County, like the school of Chapman in Orange County, they can't have sororities there, which like I am not a proponent of Greek life mm-hmm. in any way. I think they're garbage. But it's so silly because they can't have sorority houses because there's a law in Orange County that more than like five women can't live together. It was an anti it was an anti brothel law because there were brothels like back in the fucking 1900s. And so they made a law that's still on the books that more than five women can't live in a house together or it's a brothel. So they don't have sorority houses on like like Orange County or it's like maybe the city of Orange. Yeah. Like city of Orange college campuses, which is like so fucking insane. It's like so take dumb. the law off. Oh, Why I is know. the law there? Well there's so it's many crazy. there's so many laws on women's body and just I'm like, why? Like why is this this is not a government government's business and by any means but by oh, no means at all oh, i could do a whole other podcast on that yeah but yeah yeah that's what that's what my podcast will be on eventually yes. please please <laughs> yeah. be a guest I on will, it when I so it. come on i have so much <laughs> to say <laughs> yes I'm literally writing a book on it but yeah so dumbledore's just like freaking had it because he's like so we're gonna have a full criminal trial for a little bit of underage magic but thankfully everybody sides with dumbledore still and harry is cleared of all charges um but dumbledore doesn't talk to harry and everything sucks so and thank thank god for madame bones during that like madame bones is like the one voice of reason yeah and like she seems like kind of like she reminds me of like a mean aunt or like she's kind of like bitchy and mean but also is like sees reason and is like okay clearly this is not his fault like he's fine and it's like thank god she was there all right and then Sirius comes to see him off as the dog and then, like, gives him a picture of the order, which I love. And it's such a sweet moment between them, uh, which makes the ending of this movie so much harder. <laughs> so hard. Mm. And then Harry, like, hallucinates or sees Voldemort in the suit. It's so weird in the oh, movie. Yeah. Um, but Voldemort looks good here um, in the suit. Yeah. It's pretty cool. There's also... There's two parts that are different. So I'm like, I just know the book more yeah. because I listen to him all the time. So in the book, Harry gets that picture from Moody. And Moody, oh. like, hobbles over to him. And it's like when they're still at Grimald Place, Moody hobbles over to him and is like, here's a picture of the order. And then he's like, these people are dead. These people are dead. These people are dead. These people are dead. There's your parents. They're dead. And, like, there's Neville's parents. Like, they were tortured to insanity. And Harry's like, uh. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, just so stressed out. And he tries to, like, get away from Moody. It's like, it's, I'm, I like that they make it into a sweet movie moment in the movie. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, like, it's another intense. one of the, like, immensely yeah. fucked up things in the book. I think You're like, Moody why? was probably trying to be helpful. But Moody just doesn't have. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, Moody is not a therapist type. No. And he like, doesn't have like, em- he doesn't have like the empathy in a way yeah, that he's... most people do. Like he's so grizzled. He like doesn't fucking know. Yeah. But also the second thing I wanted to say is about in the movie, the serious, when like serious goes to the train station and then they're in a room that's like windows, like fogged windows. And then he transforms like front the mm-hmm. dog into a man and you can see him through the windows and you're like, what the fuck? That was so stupid. Yeah. Like no one even wants you to be at the train station. Everyone's already like pissed that you're like breaking security to do this. And then I it's know. like, he just like is like in a windowed room and he's like, now nah, I'll just transfigure into a man again. It's fine. Yeah. I know. Harry doesn't care because Harry just thinks everything Sirius does is badass too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then this is where they see, is it called Thristles? That's what they're called. I can never pronounce their name. The like horses that draw the carriage oh, that, uh, yeah. Thess- Thessels. Thessels, right? Thestrals. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to like <laughs> yeah. spat. I'm not, I'm not going to get it right. But anyway. It's fine. It's fine. And I always think it was like, so, and this is like, I feel like this has been a huge debate in the Harry Potter community for a really long time. It was like, well, if he saw his parents dead, this shouldn't be the first time that he's seen them. But maybe he didn't. And I argued that maybe he didn't see his parents die, but he heard them die. But I don't know, because then when you see in some of the flashbacks later, his mom is like literally in front of baby Harry. Yeah. I'm like very confused. Yeah, like leaning over him. That yeah. is weird. I never even thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. But he's able to see him now. And Malfoy then, of course, is like making fun of Harry and is like basically saying that he's going to go to Azkaban because Malfoy is the worst. Um, But Neville's plant is great. And then, oh, beautiful Luna Lovegood. (laughs) Yes, sweet little (laughs) baby. Oh, I love her so much. Probably the most me character ever. I feel like I'm just like on my own cloud most of the time. And wait, Neville's plant's the one that, like, explodes all over Harry, right? And then, like, Cho, Cho Chang yeah. comes in, and he's, like, just has, like, goop all over his face. And, like, Cho Chang just stopped by to say oh, hi. Yes. And it's, like, that's, like, I love that that those things were put into the book where it's, like, there's all these big traumas that happen to Harry, but mm-hmm. also he has, like, teenage traumas. And, like, the, and, like, like yes. on top of, like, world-ending, like, death and life and death traumas, he also has, like, the small traumas of, like, getting embarrassed in front of someone you like, which is just, like, so, it's, like, so oh. complex. It's so funny. And I'm, like, I feel like it... Like, that does anchor the book in a little bit of a way. Because, like, without those things, you're like, okay, he would just be an adult. Like, he would just be treated as an adult. But now you're like, okay, he's still a teen. He's still awkward. Mm -hmm. And then we learn that Hagrid is on temporary leave. And then Umbridge is the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Oh, and I... In, I always will remember the, like, drawings of the book of Umbridge where she looks more like a toad. And I wish they, like, yeah. did more of that where she was, like, more fat. But this, the actress they cast has, like, the perfect voice for it, for sure. Yeah, I feel like in the book she looks a lot more evil. And in the movie she looks sort of just like a Midwestern grandma or something. Or, like, a oh, Midwestern yeah. mom. and so Which I think makes it even more insidious. It's, like, that thing where you're, like, she could just be mm-hmm. a regular, like, motherly person. And then it's, like, no, she's fucking evil. Yeah. Oh, and I her speech, her speech that she gives where she's, like, she uses all this alliteration with P. And she's, like, progress for yeah. progress sake must be prohibited. And, like, it's, like, so, like, eerie and rehearsed. And you're, like, why is this person speaking like that? And, like, I just feel like there's a lot to just, to, like, you could just take her speech there in, like, an English poetry class and dissect it. And, like, there's so much with oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah. There is. And it's just basically the crux of it all is that the ministry is just interfering at Hogwarts yeah. now. Because they don't trust Dumbledore. And they don't trust Harry. And now, uh... Yet again, everybody in the whole school hates Harry because of the Daily Prophet slander. I think because of probably their own parents' slander. Yeah. And Cedric being like a hero of the school and like somehow like 
Harry overtaking Cedric and Harry being in the Goblet of Fire in, mm-hmm. at all, and then like Cedric dying and Harry living, and they're like Cedric was like the home like hometown hero. He was like the quarterback of the school, and like yeah. they're like and this fucking guy Harry like just comes back with his dead body and like yeah, ugh yeah. And it's just, uh, and like even Ron tries to like come to his defense, but Harry is just like pushes Ron away because he's just so angry and is not dealing with his emotions. And there's really like, there's nowhere for him to go to explain this. Like there is no, he is like literally a kid lost in the system. Um, Yeah. And there's so much vicarious trauma. So like I, I find problems throughout the whole series with how he treats Ron and Hermione. Like there's like multiple Mm -hmm. times series where Hermione's like acts scared of him, like kind of recoils when he's like yelling at them. And like, they're just like, we're on your side, we're on your side. And like, I don't blame Harry necessarily because he has all of this trauma on his own, but it's so sad that he's like giving them so much secondhand trauma. Like he just like displaces so much of his traumatic feelings oh, yeah. onto them. And then is like so mean to his friends. It's like literally they're the only people in this whole fucking world who are always there for you. Like literally always. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. yeah, like the fact that you like it's still that yell hurt at them. people hurt people yeah, cycle. Exactly. That's what it is. I, I definitely think in like the height of my trauma when I was in like high school and there was like, I was going through this kind of abused home. I definitely feel like, and even like as a like younger adult, I did not deal with everything as well as it was because it's just like you didn't know how. And like, I don't feel like it wasn't until very recently that it has become more of common knowledge and there's like more ways to find the books that you're looking for. There's more like words to put on what you were feeling. Like, especially like at the time that this book came out, it was like, you really could only find the knowledge through trauma through like a therapist that was trauma trained and like knew it, right? Like it was, we were like, we're, it's still so new, which is so wild because trauma is like an old thing, right? This is not a new thing that we're dealing with, but it's like a new thing to like really diagnose the effects with. Yeah. Like I, at my work, I work at a workplace that's a trauma informed systems workplace so like our entire staff is Mm -hmm. because we like partner with department of public health our entire staff is trauma-informed so i've learned a lot about this recently but it's crazy to me like it's new like like our ceo like like wrote the trauma-informed um like principles that are used like sort of all over the country and like but just like 10 years ago and it's like like now like most therapists are sort of trauma-informed but like 20 years ago that it was just like you had to like you're saying you had to find a specific like trauma therapist and it's like that's fucking crazy like everyone should everyone who works in mental health should be trauma informed like it's so wild yeah absolutely and it's so crazy this is all happening on like such an important year for harry because these are the owls oh the like wizard examinations yeah. too on top of oh. everything else this is the like year that determines what his like life job is going to yeah. be. Yeah, and for him to have to think of like, oh, what do I want to do for my career? And it's like he doesn't know. Yeah. Like he could, you know, like he might be dead tomorrow. Like how yeah, are you supposed to think that forward? Yeah, like yeah. I remember as a kid, like yeah, when I was like going through shit and like my parents getting divorced, whatever. I was like, I'm not gonna live till my twenties. Like it's just like so hard to mm-hmm. see outside of a traumatizing situation and like see yourself being an adult. And it's like Harry like literally has like the worst situation of any kid alive, and like still has to be like, but yeah. what class I have to pass all my OWLs so I can pick the right classes so I can be the career I want to be in next year like oh so tough and then too now in defense against the arts his favorite subject now they don't have any defensive spells and because Umbridge is like oh why would you need to learn about any of that and Harry's like um because I'm being attacked in real life like this is the only class that has ever really probably benefited me and I think that really stunts like how he's able to carry on with fights in the future of Mm -hmm. the series because it's like he should have had a lot more defensive 
magic training and because of this year like he and you know he ends up being the fucking yeah. teacher and for a bunch of kids and it's like he doesn't get to learn any himself and that's why he's always like doing yeah. expelliarmus to fucking voldemort because he's like that's all i know like that's all we and ever learned such, i feel like a powerful statement on i think a lot of education because so much of education is theoretical knowledge and not practical like i feel like we need to bring back apprenticeships and that they should start like far earlier oh. in high school and you should do as many totally th- we should be interning more and not just like sitting in a class of 30 anyway like you should be going and like yeah. learning real life skills yeah and that's why kids like like i have adhd and i did so poorly in like high school like middle school high school because I was just like so bored didn't give a fuck about anything and then I went to college and I'm going to Berkeley and like had like got super good grades and like loved it so much because I got to pick my mm-hmm. classes and learn about what I cared about and it's like it's so hard for any kids who have any sort of neurodiversity or any sort of learning disability to focus on like dumb theoretical bullshit and just like read a history book that are like often written wrong and often whitewashed yeah. and like ugh, oh, so biased so biased, yeah. so biased. Uh, and then even Umbridge argues, she's like, oh, well, children don't need spells. But it's like, bitch, they aren't children forever. Like, yeah, this is what school is for. Go, yes. Yeah. It's like, this is all for when they're adults. That's like what this should be is <laughs> yeah. preparing you for the adult world. Yeah. And that, uh, How do you expect anyone to grow up and be an auror? Like, where would the aurors come from if they didn't learn in school? Yeah. Like, it makes no fucking sense. And then basically Harry's like, well... Lord, he brings up Lord Voldemort and that he's like attacking him and then Umbridge is like, all right, well, I'm giving you detention. And then she literally giggles. She giggles. <laughs> oh no. It's so Well, because like she knows, it's like, and that's such a dark moment because it's like, she knows what detention means. She's like, time to like physically abuse this child. She's like, this is going to be good. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like Anyone so Anyone who scary. giggles when they're mad is to be feared, man. <laughs> like... Ooh, no. I, yeah. I mean, that's like sociopath. That's like literally sociopath yeah. behavior. It's like that person doesn't see, have empathy. They don't care about what the other person's feeling. They just feel like, oh, this is going to be a power moment for me. And they're like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. She's such a sociopath. Ugh. And then she's got like these little like kitten plates on her walls too. I do are, love those. I, I want them. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I want them too. I'm like, I do love her decor, honestly. Yeah, like, she's geez. got a great style. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> fortunately, she can be a great decorator, but a terrible person. Also, <laughs> how dare she use those kittens for evil? Like later yes. in the book when you find out, like the kitten warned her, or it's in the movie, not in the book, but like the kitten is the, like walks out of the frame and like basically like, warns her that they're in her office. Yeah. And it's like, how Animal dare you abuse. use that kitten for bad? Yeah. I know. Uh, and then yeah but she like uses a blood quill but yeah they don't need defensive spells by any means yeah, yeah. literally <laughs> using it and oh no uh, and that's totally legal let's physically scar children this man who's already yeah. emotionally scarred let's like make it physical now uh, and, and it's so sad when he like after that detention when he goes back to the common room yeah 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 the common room and is like and Hermione's like you should tell Dumbledore and he's like because Dumbledore's been a dick and not telling him anything all summer he just thinks he can't tell anyone and it's like I feel like that's like the worst worst part of the book and the worst the thing that makes it the most not safe for oh. children is that it's like teaching you like if you're being abused by this adult you have to fight it on your own like you have to find it within yourself and you have to like have all this yeah. pride well, he just took it. And I think that was, I don't know if it was supposed to be a message to be like, oh, just take the abuse. But I do think it is a very honest reaction of somebody who has been abused of like, then you take yeah. more abuse from more people. Like I came from an abused home and then for like years I stayed in a bunch of abusive relationships because it was like, 
you like start your mind is so messed up that you believe that you deserve it right and that and that you do believe yeah. that it is all up to you to save it it's like just some like yeah. really and that's sick why I hated, psychology like, like if this book were written for adults and that was the storyline I feel like a lot of people could identify with it like identify with like what you're saying and be like oh I recognize that that happened to me when I was being abused but because it's written for children I think it's really dangerous because it reinforces that it like reinforces you're like you love this character and you're like okay he also suffers abuse and he's like you know he's a good redeemable person and it's just like a good thing to do to like push through and be strong and have pride and like work your problems out on your own and it just feels like I wish like JK like yeah. now we know she's a fucking terrible person but it's like I wish she would have like thought more about like yeah. how this is going to affect children who are in abused homes and like what it will mean to them to see their hero just take abuse and not talk to an adult and it's like you could have just had him like talk to yeah. Dumbledore or like you know I don't want to change the whole line of the plot but well and how powerful are those like conversations though and I feel like they need to be brought out more in media because they are so lacking it's like we always skip to the end but it's so important to have I think examples of having yeah. that conversation because they're I mean it's an incredibly hard conversation to have yeah. to I think emit abuse right you're already scared you're already like mentally depleted and then that affects your physical health so having like some script examples I mean I can't even think of one thing that gives a lot of examples of like this yeah. is how to stick up to abuse right I'm sure there's like some tweets and tumblr posts and instagram posts out there but it's not but like, not, not immediate I don't think I it's like, like common knowledge that that books yeah between books will tackle abuse is the kids band together and they find family in each other and they're able to stand up to an adult or stand up to the abuse or escape the abuse like with only the work of each other but it's like like working in the line of work I do I know that that's often not true like if you're a kid telling another kid only traumatizes that mm -hmm. second kid and then you guys are both in this thing where you're trapped and don't know how to talk to adults and it's like we need to normalize yeah. like talking to adults like I don't know any kids I as a kid did not feel comfortable like telling my mom you know, like, all of this traumatic stuff I went through. Like, it's, like, it needs to be way more normalized for kids to know how to have that conversation with an adult and that, like, you aren't going to be in trouble and that, like, you know, like, yeah. there are safe people, there are safe adults in the world. And this is just, like, a shit example of that. It's, like, ugh, yeah. JK could have done better. She could have done better. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, oh, in so many ways. But anyway, the good news is, is that Hermione helps Ron with his essay and Ron makes a promise to her that if I'm ever mean to you again uh don't let me be and I'm like he better stick to it because I'm so tired I hate their I like yeah. I do ship Ron and Hermione like I like them together but sometimes yeah. in the movies he's just so mean to her he's like yeah so and it's mean like it's most of the knowing time. that you like they end up together like you're like okay they were when they're young they're sort of doing that making fun of each other like I like you kind of thing but it's like yeah it gets out of hand like Hermione saves everyone's ass all the mm -hmm. motherfucking time like stop being such a dick to her and it's like everyone else in school kind of bullies her for being so smart and like you know just bullying her for not being like super pretty which I think is like a lie but 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 it's like you guys are her only friends like oh, don't I know. be like that yeah like just be kind <laughs> just be kind yeah yeah and yeah. the other thing that hurts me about this too is like you know, most parents would be like, oh, what are these scars on your knuckles, right? And then they can, like, infer from that and then go fight this battle. But Harry doesn't have any parents to be concerned, right? He's got Sirius, but Sirius is convicted, right, as of pretty much somebody on the run, yeah. so he can't go and, like, make a statement. So Harry, like, has learned to be all on his own. He doesn't have – he yeah. is the only person that, like, looks after him, and it's – ugh, it's so and tough. And he doesn't tell Sirius, and that's mm -hmm. another, like, it shows how traumatized he is, like – 
he could have told Sirius like that I'm literally being physically abused by this person and I think Sirius would have told someone would have told Tonks would have told whatever yeah. and like, would have gotten it handled in an indirect way but it's like Harry's just so entrenched in his like I can't burden other people like I have to handle things by myself like you can't really trust anyone there's nothing and he just feels like there's nothing anyone can do to help me like I just have to help myself always and it's like oh it's heart yes and then this school, Hogwarts is getting, like, mean because somebody steals Luna's shoes. So she's just, like, going around oh. barefoot. Like, oh, my God. Oh. And it's so, so – and funny. it really, like, made me think of, like, people truly avoid people who are, like, different sometimes. I think it's, like, thankfully changing now as we are progressing. But people, like – especially I feel like at that age it's like if you're like unique or you're not like anybody else people like don't ever want to be around you right because they can't like put you in a box yeah and that's such like a primary like elementary through high school thing it's like yeah I remember I was like you know I was like nerdy and weird and like in high school tried so much to adjust to be like more like other people and tried to like really like smush out my uniqueness like I used to dress super like quirky because my mom would go thrifting and then as high school progressed I was trying to like wear I am a Crombie shirts and like whatever and just like you know straighten my hair with like a hair dryer yeah. and then it's like then you then you get outside of school and you get to college and you're like oh no being weird is so much cooler like it's just so funny how that flips like in your 20s you're like everyone who is like quote-unquote normal is like so lame and so basic and like usually straight and it's like but it's like everyone who was weird in school is like queer and fun and interesting and artistic and it's like just but it's like so sad that in school it's just like it's just like gangs of kids oh my god i always think that if that was encouraged to me i would have i just wasted so much time trying to be somebody that I didn't even want to be just to not get picked on, right? Just to, like, avoid it. And, like, how terrible that. And it's, like, I could have, like, enjoyed the uniqueness of me and the uniqueness of other people, but it was, like, I just spent most of my time being afraid because I was so different. Like, what a fucking waste. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, Luna is so special because she, like, just doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah. Like, she's, like, I know people think I'm weird, like, I am weird, and I'm just going to, like, keep doing that. Yeah. And it's, like, that's why she's such a well, special character. And she's kind of, like, I mean, she's already had, I think, kind of a worse thing happen. Like, her mom died when she was nine, right? So it's, like, I yeah. think to some people it's, like, listen, like, some traumas are never going to be as effective. Like, at some point, too, I've been through so much at this point in my life. I'm, like, uh, you know, if something happens, it's, like, not that I'm thrilled for another trauma, but I'm also, like, ain't nothing going to top what happened when I was, like, 22. You know what I mean? It was, like, yeah. ain't nothing going to beat that one. But uh, I love Luna's whole speech because she tells Harry that, like, she believes him and that also her dad does and she's like you know Voldemort wants you to feel cut off and alone because if you're alone you're not a threat uh and it's so like it's so powerful because she's basically saying like don't give in like to this kind of dark side or those like depressive thoughts of like that you're all alone and and that's all you're ever going to be because you're not you know yeah she's so wise beyond her years and like and you know she gets it from her dad it's like I'm sure her dad has said that to her because her dad has been isolated Mm -hmm. basically from media like everyone's just like he's a crackpot like whatever like he has a small sort of cultish following but he's been isolated but it's like he clearly finds strength in having this like really strong father-daughter bond and they're like we believe in like you know all this wacky stuff and like we don't care we're not gonna let our power be taken away yeah which I just love they're such a cute family I know and then Umbridge gets in trouble because I guess they find out that she's doing the quill thing. And there's a literal handbook on punishment, which is very weird to think about sometimes that these are things that exist even in the school of like how to punish people. <laughs> um, 
just odd. But anyway, Umbridge gets all offended that they yell at her. And she's like, oh, if you're questioning me, you're questioning the ministry. And that's disloyalty to the government. And, you know, things at Hogwarts are worse than they feared. And she makes herself this, like, high inquisitor. And I even wonder, like, did they, did the ministry become involved because a kid died? So now you've got to have this, like, more government interference because the school wasn't safe. Uh, because of Cedric's death. Also, yeah, but what? How? Like, how non sequitur is that? Like, the government's like, okay, someone died. We got to be more involved. So they put someone in charge who's hurting yeah. kids. It's like, wait, what? Like, where does that? I how know. does that add up? Like, do that math for me. Please. Oh, it's so awful. And honestly, for me and what I believe, I'm like, blind trust in the government is like never safe. And anybody who believes that of like, oh, just we're not going to show you any proof of like how to trust us. You just have to trust us, right? It's kind of like, um. No, I think you got to show, like, at least a game plan. And I don't think yeah. people realize, like, the amount of power they have. Like, we pay taxes, so, like, we have a say, right? Like, you yeah. yeah, you are part of the magic world, even in Hogwarts. You have a say of how yeah, things are going to go. Yeah, and Hogwarts is supposed to be, it's supposed to be, like, separation of, like, church and state, but it's supposed to be separation of, like, government and the school. Like, Hogwarts is a private entity. They have their own board of governors. They have their own headmaster who gets, like, elected or hired. I don't Mm -hmm. really know how that happens. But, like, but they're their own entity. Like, they can't just be controlled by, like, the one governing body in the magical world it's yeah yeah it's awful super shitty and then i love the one the deviation teacher like because umbridge is trying to get her to like predict things so she's going through and evaluating all of the teachers and (laughs) uh, the deviation teacher is like oh you're in grave danger and she just kind of rolls her eyes but it's kind of funny because she's like she was in grave danger of being trampled to death (laughs) (laughs) it was like she was on it that's one of professor trelawney's like most redeeming moments it's like yeah Oh, no. Everyone knows she's like an alcoholic and like she sort of just predicts people's death and it's like sort of annoying. Yeah. But then when she actually says to Umbridge and Umbridge is like unbelievable and it's like, bitch, like that was a real, that's like one of the moments where like she actually has a real freaking prediction. Yeah. If you had listened, yeah. <laughs> if only you had listened to what you would have. But anyway, she gets fired, unfortunately. And it's so sad when she's like crying and she's like, Hogwarts is my home. And it's so like wild because it's like Harry the moment in the movie where Harry watches this too is it's so interesting because you can tell that he kind of feels the same way because Hogwarts has been his home as well so it's like seeing somebody that is just being kicked out um but and I love like McGonagall's line too she's like oh there are several things I would like to say to you (laughs) you know and then Dumbledore is like okay whatever like put her back inside you can't banish people that's my job and it's just, uh, who, like, made Umbridge, like, who hurt Umbridge? Is she just born like this? Like, what? Why? Why yeah, is she really. the way that she is? Uh. Yeah, I think, I truly think that she's a psychopath, like, meaning mm-hmm. a sociopath with, with, like, violent tendencies. Because, like, there's no, you know, like, being trauma-informed just to be, like, not, like, what's wrong with you, but, like, what happened yeah. to you. But it's, like, I don't know, like, but with, like, psychopaths, like, some people are just born yeah. psychopaths and just, like, have no empathy, have super violent tendencies, and, like, nothing has to happen to them. That's just the way that their brain wired, chemistry yeah. works. And it's, like, yeah, like, she must be that because, like, she's, like, so far gone. Yeah. You know, it's, like, Snape, you know, like, Snape is a great example of that because it's, like, Snape, like, had an abusive childhood. Like, all this shit happened to Snape. He, like, lost the love of his life kind of thing. Like, was bullied in school. And that's why he's, like, such a dickhead. But it's, like, but he's not, like, he's not, like, a psychopath. Like, he's not just, like, trying to, like, you know, like, kill children and hurt children for power and for no reason. Like, yeah. it's, like, a, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it really shows how trauma affects people versus how, like, just being a psychopath. Yeah. 
like leads you to be like a murderer mm-hmm. basically yeah our minds are all so different it's wild and I, I hope that we kind of an aside but i hope that we find more like cures for psychopathy because i feel like so many people yeah. demonize them and i'm like i want to find the thing but it's so hard because it's like change has to start from within like they have to make up their minds to be ready for it and that's like part of the problem and oh it's so hard yeah. i've been well, there's also, there's so many warning signs. So, like, it progresses with age, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of warning signs that have been identified in children that can lead to sociopathy or that show sociopathy or psychopathy. And it's, like, we need to get those kids in intensive therapy programs because there are programs, there are, like, really specialized intensive therapy programs around the country, like, very few of them, but that help kids with who are sociopathic or psychopathic. And, like, there are ways to help those people learn how to function in society and, like, learn how to process their emotions in a way that's, like, helpful and not harmful to other people. Like, that exists. It's just so on the outskirts. It's just, like, such a, like, taboo thing and a thing that people don't talk about or do. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel the same way about, like, like, how sex work can be so good for people who have pedophilic thoughts and, like, I'm a rape survivor. I am in no way a proponent. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, rapists are terrible. Like, but it's like, we need to treat people. Yeah, but it's like, exactly. I don't believe in murdering people. Yeah, yeah I don't believe in killing. Killing doesn't take care of the problem. And if anything, it breeds exactly. the secrecy of these people who are pedophiles exactly. or rapists to continue what they're doing in secret. But if we bring it out to the light that it is something that exactly. can be treated, we can save so many more people because we need to stop. We've been treating the victims as if they are the problem and we need to exactly. treat the perpetrators to have them get help, right? So that we can stop having victims. And it's, uh, uh Exactly, exactly. It's like there will be no victims if it's okay to to admit that like I have pedophilic thoughts and then go to a sex worker who's an adult sex worker who you can do, you can do play situations, you can do whatever. Like those situations are so healing and it's like if sex work was fucking legal and if it was something you could access, like imagine like sex yeah. workers having like offices. Like there's already like places you can go for dominatrix but it's like so underground and it's like so just like a therapist has an office, there should be a sex worker who has an office who you can go in and be like I have this thing, I have this like, you know, this like sort of bad um, like uh, off kilter sexual fantasy that could lead to me hurting people and you can play that out with a adult who's consenting where there are rules yeah. and da 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 and it's like so much harm reduction and then that stops like a child from being hurt and a child from being like highly traumatized and whatever because people are allowed to like yeah. talk about these th- yeah I know oh, it's because it so seems so simple it, so. but anyway speaking of traumatized children so yeah then again Dumbledore <laughs> ignores yes. Harry this conversation was so important though and so I'm so glad it was in here and then they're blaming all of the disappearances (laughs) that are Voldemort's work on Sirius of course and Fudge is all in a tither because he thinks that Dumbledore is assembling his own forces which I suppose he like kind of is with the Order of the Phoenix but like nobody else is doing anything so like yeah and it's like and it's like Fudge it's not to fight dumbass like it's not to fight the ministry like it's to fight Voldemort and it's like but you're like the only reason we're not all working together is because you're not acknowledging the yeah. back. This is why so, it is so like, important, like personality-wise and maturity level, who we elect, right? Like it's like if anything, yeah. this is the movie about that. But basically, yeah. yeah exactly. So Voldemort is still on the move, and Hermione is like, Harry, we've got to prepare, right? Like we can't keep being like this. So they get all of these kids in an empty pub, and I am pretty like. <laughs> 
I'm pretty shocked because I'm like, how do you know that none of these kids here are going to rat? Like, I would think that uh, that yeah. automatically, like, the trust level that they have with each other is, like, way better. I don't think I trusted even half of the amount that was in the bar of my own high school. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah. Well, but, but that's why they signed the document. Don't they sign oh, the yeah. document? Oh, yeah. I don't, like, I don't know yeah. if they do that. I don't think it says. It's better explained in the book. Because, right, that document, like, says it does something, right? It curses somebody who tells, yeah. right? So in so yeah so in the book every single person who writes their name down then has a hex on them so that if they try and talk about it their tongue will get glued to the top of their mouth and they get like snitch written on their face and like mm-hmm. nipples. Oh, um, such a great curse! Or not yeah, snitch, some other word. <laughs> yeah, so good. But that's like Hermione like totally thought oh, that, I love which it I too. love. But it's funny that she thought she went so far to think like I have to pretend I have to like protect everyone and make sure that no kid can snitch but they do it in a bar where there's like another person there there's like a bartender and just a random person <laughs> sitting at the bar and it's like why didn't you I think know. of that like what they should have went crowded i do think you. that they that that was the advice yeah. they got later is that they should have went to a crowded place because it would be harder to discern the conversation but i get yeah yeah like go to the three mm-hmm. broomsticks where it's like all loud and, yeah. yeah i also love ron's line of like they're like oh some kid is like well why should we what do we need this for and he's like because you know who's back you toss pot like it's so so <laughs> great uh and he's such a good like, hype man like he's such a good hype <laughs> man for harry he's just like in the background toss pot yeah. yeah i'd love to see that rap remix <laughs> so <Yes>. good um, <laughs> And then I I love to, like, people are, they're so morbid, these English kids. They're like, tell us more about how Cedric died. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I guess everybody's searching for meaning, but yeah. Also, I feel like I get that. Like, I, like, listen to true crime podcasts and, like, even though I try not to, like, I hear a celebrity dies and you're like, okay, how did they die? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's just, like, a human... Well, because like, you don't... Yeah, identity. we so don't understand death, so we, like, seek to understand it, to categorize it in our brain, and we're... Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. But I, poor Harry is, like, so insecure, and he's like, oh, they're all just here because they think I'm some sort of a freak. And then Hermione kind of comes to me, he's like, no, you've killed a basilisk, you fought Dementors off... And Harry's like, but I just got lucky. He's like, and I didn't know what I was doing. I always had help. And he's like, you know, real life isn't like school. And he's like, out there, like, if you make a mistake, like, it counts. It, you know, yeah. you can't go and retake the test. And Hermione's like, yeah, well, we don't know what it's like really in the real world. So we need, like, practice. And it's so weird in the movie because I think Hermione has said Voldemort's name before, but in this movie she like stutters over it and it's like very timid, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so a bunch of people sign up and so they've got to find a place to practice. Um, and Hermione is like excited to break the rules and Ron is like, who are you? <laughs> and what have you done? Yeah. Which I love. Um it's like this has finally pushed her I feel like because this is a big book for Hermione because she has so much faith in educational institutions and like so much faith in the rules and then having Umbridge come in and having all of these new rules be written and like just all of the norms of society and all the norms of school be broken like she's all of a sudden she's like all right fuck the system like you're right none (laughs) of this does matter like none of this is real like we have to do absolutely which I love it's like such a big yeah and I also love that she's such a bro to her and she's like you know and there's also one positive (laughs) thing Cho couldn't keep her eyes off of you right (laughs) (laughs) Yes. yes. Yeah, she's such a good wingman when it's like Ron's the worst yes. wingman in the world and like Hermione's just out here wingman for Harry the whole time. Like with with Cho and with yeah. Jimmy, like Hermione's like trying to get Harry coupled she's up. She's so good. She's a matchmaker for sure. Uh, and then yeah. Neville finds the room of requirement. Uh, and I love, I love that it's Neville because he's trying to go to the bathroom. So and that's how he finds it. Oh, it's adorable. Oh, cute. And then of course, Umbridge passes this oh, thing where that. you can have no student organizations, which what kind of school, 
you know what I mean? Like, what? That is, like, some of the best things. I wish yeah. that more schools made it a, a made it more of a thing to encourage students to start their own clubs because that is so beneficial for real life, I feel like. That teaches you so many real-life applicable skills. Yeah. yeah, that's, like, what you were saying about schools should have internships and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, clubs are that in a lot of ways. Like, journalism club, you know, like, preps you for the future if you want to be a writer. Like, or, like, you know, her ban in Quidditch, it's, like, some kids go on to play Quidditch. Like, Wood goes on to yeah. play professional Quidditch, and it's like, now you're just taking that also, away from them? Like, I think so for some people who ugh. are, like, aggressive and ha- and struggle with even, like, physical abuse, right? Sports is a great way, a great outlet for them, right? Having a physical activity, and even for somebody who's going through even something like depression, right? Having a physical activity is is good it's good to move your body it helps yeah it's huge uh, yeah it's like crab and goyle like without like i know slytherin gets to restart the team but like if they didn't mm-hmm. have quidditch like you know they would be beating up first years like all the time if they didn't yeah. have like if they weren't able like to beat bludgers like oh it's awful but anyway i ship flitch and umbridge because they like kind of have a a kind of team together putting up decrees and trying to catch this thing but both of them are into like barbaric torture yeah. and should not be around children yeah they're both just like depraved oh, yeah. yeah depraved like there's no way they yeah. should be in the school yeah i don't understand how Flitch <laughs> is still there all these years yeah. later you're like he's oh, he wants to hang the kids by <laughs> their know. ankles in the basement like why do we let him like and all he does is like clean and it's also like he's yeah. also a squib which so sucks that they make him be like a janitor basically when he can't yeah. do magic and it's like they could just get a magic person who could easily do janitorial work and not have to like actually like scrub toilet or whatever the maybe fuck Filch he would is doing. be worse if he they're like, a clean freak though you know what i mean like maybe this is maybe filch is like ocd and this is his way of like expressing it and i don't know dumbledore hires very weird things he's <laughs> that could be true it's also it's also like maybe he's like spending he has to spend so much time mopping the floor that he like yeah. can't like spend time fantasizing like, yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> awful and then i love like when they're in the room of requirement and they're like dueling and stuff and rotten's like oh i'll go easy on you hermione and hermione of course creams him in their battle like easy um and then ron doesn't even deny he's like oh i'll let her do that because he's so (laughs) good-mannered I said one more thought on Filch. You know what Filch oh, sure. needs is a consensual sex working relationship. So we, can, <laughs> so we can play out all of his doms. He definitely needs a dominatrix. He needs some BDSM thing in his life. And if that were legal, his life would be so much happier. That's all. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the Filch. How to fix Filch 101. Yes, how to fix Filch. Uh, I, should write, I should write some Harry Potter fan um, yeah. fanfic about how to fix Filch. <laughs> yes. I think it would go viral for sure. Uh, and then I love to, they, in the movie, they hang up the degrees so high. And I'm like, how could anyone read them? <laughs> They'd have to like float up to see. I don't even and understand. It's that, and it's that weird Harry Potter font where it's like some things are really big and some font is like too yeah. tiny. And you're like, what does this even say? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and so anyway, then Umbridge starts the Inquisitorial squad, whatever, Ugh, for so like funny. extra credit. Oh, it's so rough. But she can form her own army, I guess. Yeah. Like, everything, you can't do it, but the government can. <laughs> and so that she's usurping, like, the whole head boy prefect system. It's, like, there are people yeah. who've been chosen by the school for being, like, hard workers or being leaders in their communities or whatever. And it's, like, been, like, that's been set up since the school has existed. And it's, like, she just totally overrules that. And it's, like, now I have this little army of, like, the worst, like, bullies in school. Mm-hmm. And they can just do whatever the fuck they want to people. Like, ugh. 
Yeah, but I do think what I wish that Dumbledore's army did was that they somebody should have joined that squad mm. and then put like false paths right and been like, oh yeah, I think uh, they're at the three brooms right and like yeah. kept them like they needed like a snake in the grass. Yeah, it could be more like the <laughs> shitty kids. Like like there's two like Cormac McLaggen and some other yeah. kid. Yeah, it could be like one of the shithead ones who was like kind of an asshole anyway and kind of on the fringe of the group anyway. And they're like you could totally infiltrate the Inquisitorial squad. Absolutely. And that would have been just as valid, yeah. And then I love Harry's quote of, like, every great wizard started as a student. Motivational Monday. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jenny is just fucking powerful and hot in this movie. Um yes just amazing and then oh and i love the moment when neville finally disarms somebody and everybody claps i wish that more people were like supportive of when students succeed in school like as as peers like i wish i hope that more if if there are any kids that listen to this podcast probably not because i always like market for 18 because i talk about sex but (laughs) (laughs) and i don't want to get in trouble but yeah, I hope that kids just we should like encourage each other to learn. Like that should be cool younger, right? Yeah. Like to be like, "Oh, you did this awesome," right? Yeah, and like me thinking back to elementary school, like the kids, the like two kids in class who were like, you know, everyone knew just like got bad grades on tests and like didn't do well and whatever. It's like none of us were like cheering them on when they did do a thing well. It was just like mm-hmm. it's like it would just like further isolate them. Like that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. that definitely needs to happen. And that's why this group yeah. is so like pure and holy cuz it's like they're just, like, the most supportive. And it's, like, it's all different houses. I mean, not Slytherin, but it's the other three yeah. houses, like, coming together, like, crossing the house lines and just, like, being really positive for each other. And it's, like, so sweet. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. And then Fred and George keep trying to, like, talk to Harry. And they're, like, oh, yeah, let's, like, drug Umbridge and, like, prank her with the disease. And then <laughs> Harry's, like, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm trying to, like, bang Cho and figure all this stuff out. So you're going to have to excuse me. Um, And so, and then <laughs> the, like... The romance between Harry and Cho is so funny to me because he's like, the line that he says to Cho is like, oh, Cedric was good, but Voldemort was better. Oh my God. And it was also, Voldemort was unfair and evil. Like, oh, Harry's no game, but the room of requirement brings him a mistletoe because, you know, it brings you what you need. So, oh, and she's like crying. That whole whole relationship is so cringy and sad. I know, it's so gross. But how to overcome trauma, join an activity with people, and then, you know, have sex with somebody you love. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Make out with them, you know? But it's, like, it's so more evident, like, (laughs) so, like, this is Cho's, like, first big trauma that, you know, like, that we know of, but, like, assuming this is, like, her first big trauma in the world. And so, like, she's trying to handle it like someone who's, you know, like, hasn't gone through a ton of wood. Like, she's trying to reach out and, like, talk to Harry about it. Like, she's, like, I need to talk about this all the time. And Harry's, like, just had so many compounding traumas. He's, like, so, like, just, like, trapped within himself. And he's, like, I can't. Like, I don't know why she wants to talk about it. Like, I'm not trying to talk like that at all. Like, it's so sad. It's so sad. Like, she just oh, needs, yeah. like, someone to discuss things with. And he's, like, listen, I'm so fucked up. I can't. <laughs> I can't <do> <laughs> Oh, my God. And then I love this next scene, too, where Hermione's, like, He's not, she wasn't crying because Harry was a terrible kisser. And she's like, <laughs> she just cries all the time because of Cedric. And well, Ron's like, well, everything's, it's going to be hard if like snogging doesn't cheer her up. Right. And oh then, and then Hermione tries to explain all the things that like 
Cho, uh, Cho is feeling like Umbred just threatening to sack her mother. You know, she's yeah. guilty for liking Harry. And Ron's like, um, no one could feel all that. And then I love the like, <laughs> just because you have the emotional range of a teaspoon, Ron, yes. like we need to call out people on their teaspoon emotions. <laughs> yes, Ron is full teaspoon emotions. Yeah. And so. also like, I feel like Ron is so, shows how so like naive he is and just like boyish and like he's sort of like obsessed with the idea of snogging, but like he's never, you know, like he's never kissed a girl until like the next yeah. book. And, like, he's just sort of, like, obsessed with the idea of, like, like, I just feel like he, like, waits for Harry to get home to, like, hear about how the kiss went and, like, wants to know all the details, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, so Ron. Oh, my goodness. And then the Mr. Weasley snake attack. Oh, I remember in the book, like, this, like, hit me. But it doesn't have as much of an impact, I feel like, as it does in the movie. Because the cinematography is kind of as if, like... Because Harry is the attacker in the dream. He is, like, the snake. Yeah. But I feel like it was, like, it didn't... It's hard to do on a film, so I don't super blame them. But, yeah. Uh, and the worst part is, like, Dumbledore is, like, not looking at him. Like, he's telling the story. He's, like, waked yeah. out of bed. And he's, like, sending out all of these people. And then Harry finally, like, expresses what he's feeling. He's like, pay attention yeah. to me. Uh, and but it's also at the worst moment because it's like, um, no offense, Harry, but Mr. Weasley is dying, so this is actually not maybe your moment to be paid the utmost attention to, unfortunately. But I get it. He just like needs that validation. Like it's so sad. Like Harry's just crying out for validation because mm-hmm. he's like, one, does anyone even believe that this happened? And like, two, like, does he in the movie does he tell Dumbledore that he was the snake? Because I think in the book he doesn't. Yeah, I think he does tell him in the movie because that leads to like the occulency stuff, yeah. and that's it goes immediately into the next scene with Snape where he's like, we need to block Voldemort. And Snape can obviously do it because he's been lying to Voldemort yeah. his whole life. So he's really good at it. Snape explains to Harry, which is also like, this is the not the person to maybe explain the Voldemort connection to his mind, right? Fine if Snape wants to teach him, I guess. Mm, but I yeah. don't think he should have been the one to do it. because Or Snape is like, oh, we better pray yeah. that we remain ignorant. Because if Voldemort gets your mind, he can read it and control it and unhinge it. He could torture you into madness until you're like begging for you to kill him. And it's like, Jesus Christ snape like yeah yeah okay and it makes no i like cannot find how this plot makes sense that dumbledore wouldn't teach harry occlumency because you're thinking like okay like dumbledore doesn't want voldemort to be able to go into dumbledore's mind but if but if but if but if voldemort goes into harry's mind and sees snape teaching him occlumency then it would blow snape's entire whole cover which would yeah. blow up like everything like that would blow up the biggest like infiltration of voldemort so it's like why it makes no sense that it's snape teaching him like it's just like it's like it's just as much danger well and maybe yeah, maybe they just think, because Snape already teaches him potions, so maybe they think if Voldemort did happen to read his mind, there's already kind of, like, that mind of, like, oh, he just sees Snape teaching Harry, he assumes it's potions class and doesn't, like, look into it, right? Because I'm sure Voldemort has a bunch of things on his to-do list every day. <laughs> uh, you know, lots of people to kill, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wish I could, like, block out memories like this. I, like, want to learn Occumency. It just start very disassociating. It works well. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I do. I feel like that was the thing, though, with my trauma, which was so I feel like I dissociated from life and it was so hard. And then I learned how to I like learned how to not dissociate anymore. And then I like came and I had to do all this like physical activity where it hurts. And then dissociating is the best when you're like building up physical resistance. And I was like, oh, I like wasted my skill set. I like blocked it too much. (laughs) I have have, like an ongoing Um, between my therapist and my psychiatrist. Like my psychiatrist is like 
disassociating is bad all of the time. Like, we in the clinical mm-hmm. psychiatry, whatever, like, say that you should never dissociate. Like, if you feel any dissociation at any time, you should be on medication for it. And I'm like, meh, but my therapist is like, disassociation is healthy when you need it. Like, if you want to go ahead and disassociate from something that's stressing you out, like, you go and do it. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, everyone yeah. needs to dissociate a little bit. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think everything in moderation, you know? That's yeah, the exactly. way to success. A little bit of dissociation. <laughs> yeah. But the crazy thing, too, is, like, Snape doesn't even teach him how to block. Like, that's the thing. Snape is a terrible teacher. Like, he yeah. doesn't explain the whole things. He just, like, leaves Harry to just deal with it. And just, like... And then they, like, made him do it the night that he saw the snake in the movie. Even though he's, like, probably freaking exhausted because it's a nightmare. Oh, it's just rough. But anyway... Yeah, yeah in, the, in the book, it's a whole thing where it's, like, right before Christmas break. Is, mm-hmm. So they just, like, go home to the Weasley's house. Like, they see Mr. Weasley. They go to the hospital. Like, there's a lot more time for him to, like, calm down before he goes back to school and does this thing with Snape. And it's, like, it's so fucked up. It's, like, Snape is literally just attacking him. Like, it's yeah. so different from when Lupin was teaching um, Harry, like, how to do a Patronus and stuff. Like, he was being super encouraging and da-da-da. And Snape's, like, literally, like, I'm just going to attack you over and over and over again. And then like be mad at you when you don't get it right yeah it's awful just awful and then i always thought this was weird when they, they go to sirius's place for christmas that like miss weasley can't tell fred and george apart <laughs> and i wonder if like people moms of twins <laughs> yeah. ever really have that problem i feel like they always know but yeah i think it's like i think i love i love that running joke in the book honestly but like I know people who are twins and who are triplets and it's like their parents know who they are yeah. I feel like maybe like if you just glance back and you're like see them at the corner of your eye mm-hmm. you might mistake them but it's like the fact that Mrs. Weasley can stare them both in the face and not know which one they are like that's yeah. wild but she has hella kids she's like you know, I know. she's like, probably very get, like, frazzled yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and then I like that they toast to Harry because I think he deserves a moment of recognition in these yeah. trying times. And then Creed. And that's like, the, yeah. that's like just, just picture wise, that's like the hottest moment of series ever. Yeah. And he's like to Harry and he stands up and it's just a photo on him. And you're like, oh, wow. What a hot, cool uncle. Oh, and then Creature is just being the worst. And it's just like going around being like, I love the Dark Lord. Literally my cat, Marcy. I swear to God, this is my cat just constantly is just being a psychopath around the house. And I'm like, please like no like life is so much easier when you're kind and she's like no i love evil oh marcy (laughs) um and then we find out that uh you know that he grew up in their headquarters that they have now and that he's related to bellatrix which whoo Oh my goodness. And then I love that they, he like shows Harry in this like family tree where they blacked him out and I'm like literally my family to me. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, it was great. And then he talks about uh, Harry's dad and how he was like always welcome at the Potters. And it like made me think that like Ron is kind of Harry's James, right? And it's weird. Like Harry yeah. is serious, but Ron is like his James. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's I didn't even think about that. It's totally reversed. Like Harry identifies with his dad so much, but like actually his upbringing was much more like Sirius's, mm-hmm. and Ron's is much more like James's. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's really cool. And then Harry like kind of comes clean to Sirius and is scared that he's becoming like Voldemort because he says that he's just like angry all the time. So he basically is like, and I think it's something that everybody who's been abused fears is fears like becoming the abuser, right? Like yeah. becoming that hurt person that just hurts people all the time and Sirius gives this like great thing where it's like you know you know it's a choice like you have to fight every day and he's like 
you know, like you can just be a good person that bad things happen to, uh, which I feel like we don't ever talk about because I feel like there's so much, which I, to some degree, I believe in like the manifest destiny culture, but there is like an element of like sometimes shitty things happen and you just kind of got to roll with them, right? Like I don't think everyone is personally responsible for every single thing that happens in their life. There is like a dance with the universe where sometimes things are like out of control and that's just like the world. Yeah, 100% agree. Shit just happens sometimes. Uh, you know, you can't control what other people are doing all the time. But And especially to Harry, like he just has the yeah. worst cosmic, you know, like karma, like for no reason of his own, mm-hmm. but like shit just fucking happens to him and it's like just not Yeah. Like, oh, I like, I feel like in the, so in the book, when right after Mr. Weasley get, gets attacked, they go to the hospital and see Neville's parents, which is, like, super shocking to Harry because, like, he learns that, like, Bellatrix, like, tortured them yeah. into losing their minds kind of thing. And, like, so I feel like in this moment in the book, like, Harry's also processing that. Like, he feels responsible for, like, Neville's parents being, like, tortured and, like, what Neville has to go through now. And it's, like, yeah, he really, like, carries the weight of the world around when... It's, like, so little this is his fault. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, so sad. It's the Ugh, fault of a fucking prophecy that doesn't even yeah, matter. <laughs> so real. Ugh. And then poor... Uh, it hurts my heart because Sirius is like, you know, when this is all over, we're going to be a proper family. Oh. And just, no. No. Yeah, and he's like, come live with me. And like, oh, like, oh. Hair, like I always think about that moment and like how much hair, happier hair would have been if he got to go home after this book to Sirius's house and like spend the summer for a six year there. And like his life would have been so freaking different. And it's so sad. Oh, it's so rough. And then... Good news is, though, that Hagrid is back and Umbridge was just, like, investigating where he was and he was like, oh, I was, you know, out for my health and he's got this, like, black guy. <laughs> and, and then she's like, he's like, yeah, I was getting fresh air. And she's like, yeah, as a gameskeeper, fresh air must be hard to come by. <laughs> oh. Which I love, and, but also it's like, but he lives there. He's lived there for most of his life. Like, yeah. he wants to see other fresh air. Like, he wants to see other things other than the grounds of Hogwarts. Yeah. She's also, just like, racist. Like, yeah. 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 And it's, like, totally believable that Hagrid would go, like, mountaineering somewhere and get, like, attacked by a bear or, like, a giant or something. Yeah. Like, I would not be surprised if he came back from a trip with a black eye. Like, yeah. he's, like, get, he's, you know, he's, like, going around and getting in some shit. Mm-hmm. Well, and the reason he was out is because he went to go find the giants because the Death yeah. Eaters are trying to win them over for the war. Um, I also love in the moment in the movie that the steak that was on his eye, Fang, his dog, then eats. And I was like, <laughs> Hagrid, just, like, use ice, right? Like, that can't be good for your eye, yeah. putting, like, raw meat over it. Like, just... I've looked into this multiple times because I feel like it always comes up at bar conversation. And it's like, yeah, there is no benefits besides that it's cold. Like, the yeah. only thing is that it's cold. <laughs> and it's like, there are other yeah. cold things. Don't, yeah, don't get, like, salmonella in your eye thank you yeah. just as a person who lost an eye to an eye infection like Oof. just don't do yeah. it uh, as a person uh. who's had salmonella it's not worth it. <laughs> oh. oh my god yeah and then poor neville is so sad about his parents because bellatrix is out of the loose on azkaban and he like swears to avenge them and like the good news is is that he ends up doing that um but he doesn't know yeah. it yet but then Oof, Umbridge busts the Dumbledore's army, um, and Dumbledore then lies for Harry. And I love when he's like, yeah, you guys are under a delusion that I'm going to come quietly. And then him and Fox just, like, explode in, like, this cool, fiery explosion. And then I love Kingsley, where he's like, you may not like a minister, but you gotta admit, Dumbledore's got style. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I love Um, so much. 
Yeah, and it's like it's like so silly of Fudge to be like, we yeah. can take him down. It's like you know the Dumbledore is so much more powerful than you. Like, shut up. And it's like also I don't know why I don't know why Fudge thinks that the Aurors are gonna have like like just like follow his orders. Like obviously the Aurors like Dumbledore more. Yeah. Like, everyone likes Dumbledore more. Like Fudge oh, is like so, so disillusioned. It's like they're obviously not gonna like fight you. Like, I also think that side. in terms of like finding the proof of queerness of Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series. This exit is proof. Uh-huh. I feel like this exit is, uh, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. But now, unfortunately, Umbridge is headmaster. And I'm just like, yeah, I literally wrote in my notes. I was like, everybody should just go home. I was like, oh, like yeah. <laughs> well, why aren't people's parents taking them out? Like, why isn't everyone writing home yeah. to their parents? Especially because in the movie, when she like gets bust Dumbledore's army and then makes them all yeah. do the handwriting thing like that doesn't happen in the book and it's like how did all of those kids there's like what like 20 of them or something how did none of them tell their parents and their parents were like what the fuck and like started pulling them out of school like how did no one they all were like no we have to be in solidarity we can't tell adults so about this and like, then what the Umbridge like also does this one decree where you have to be like eight pin- inches apart from each other which is so weird but I guess it doesn't matter because Cho <laughs> sold was the one that sold them out to Umbridge um probably not because of her own fault because she was like illegally um doing truth Ugh. serum in each of everybody's teeth but now harry won't talk to her which is very mature harry potter but uh <laughs> awful i hate that yeah and in the mm-hmm. book it's like it, in the book it's cho's friend and so it still causes a rift between them yeah it's, not it's, it's like how did they make it cho like uh, and then uh, harry is just so you know feeling bad because he got dumbledore expelled and everything is worse now essentially and then hagrid is like <laughs> yeah. panicking that he's gonna get sacked so he shows them grumpy his giant brother and the centaurs are like freaking pissed that there is this giant <laughs> in their forest because the ministry is already like restricting territory of oh, some white fucking bullshit. But so, and then literally when Umbridge does sack them, they like stun and attack Hagrid, and it is just so so terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like just because Dumbledore isn't there, like they just like there's just like no holds barred like we're just gonna start like literally attacking and like trying to like imprison people mm-hmm. like what were they gonna do like were they gonna put him in fucking azkaban like what the hell like so. what was the plan like why wouldn't you just let him leave yeah i don't know and they and it's and it's literally movie, they... like almost like the black lives matters movement but hagrid is what would be um black people right like they don't they just attack you they don't tell you what to do they just automatically punish you they don't give you the same rights it's essentially it's just reverse yeah i think yeah. yeah i think you can say that the the ministry acts a lot like the police force does oh absolutely. in the real world it's yeah like the ministry just like does not give a fuck like we'll just attack you like we'll just we'll mm-hmm. just put you in prison without giving you a true serum or giving you the right to like say what you want to say like yeah it's like I, yeah i think there's definitely a link between the ministry and like brutality and police brutality for sure absolutely absolutely but grumpy haggard's brother he's a good guy he is like <laughs> he's a good i was kind of have this narrative <laughs> yeah, he's a good little guy uh but there is this weird thing and i always wonder if it's like fact phobic because they always like oh if somebody is like big in size then they're like stupid in mind yeah. right well, like, like, like crab and goyle are in this book mm-hmm. yeah totally uh, but then he, little Grumpy, picks up Hermione. He's Hagrid's half brother, which is I always think very interesting. <laughs> um, oh. I don't. I mean, I still to say, just I cannot think about a birth <laughs> canal that would both give birth to Grorp, who's like 
20 feet tall or, or yeah. even fucking taller and like also give birth to Herod who's like Hagrid who's like what like yeah. 9 feet tall or something like I just Oof. like <laughs> and also like that Hagrid's dad like like in another movie Hagrid's or another book like Hagrid's like yeah when, by the time I was like 7 I used to pick my dad up and put him on the dresser and it's like so your dad's a regular human man with a regular sized human he penis he might be hot he's gotta be your hung. Mom, he's gotta be 9 inches there's no way I, I mean he, he has, has to be hugely he hung he's gotta be yeah he has to be yeah like oh my god it just it just like that's one of the biggest plot holes i'm like i I just can't make it make sense i can't make it make but anyway hagrid's half brother is being super right because he's like picking up hermione when she does not want to be picked up um but she is just kind of has a firm hand and just like you know put me down and he does and then i guess ron is jealous because this giant loves hermione (laughs) and he gives her a bike handle oh Oh, yeah that's so he's like ding ding that's such a sweet little scene my goodness (laughs) honestly nicer than most of my (laughs) ex-boyfriends But, oh my but, god yeah also where did he get a bike handle i don't like, know i don't dude. remember there ever being bikes <laughs> like when where did that come I from i don't know <laughs> just his mind the, the magic force field of hogwarts he, like, he has like, a metal detector he's like yeah. he's like metal detecting in, in the forbidden forest it's so great and then snape is like mind raping harry uh and then calls him weak lazy and arrogant like his father what a great teacher oh. teacher of the year oh and he like yells at Harry that like he's like oh the Dark Lord isn't resting but it's like Harry should have started this sooner than the moment anybody suspected that he was doing it like why uh, haven't you been teaching him this his yes, whole fucking life yeah. you know like why have you been like slowly teaching him this over his schooling like why are you just like all of a sudden now like fuck you Harry you're not doing good enough it's like Harry's dealing with so much and you know it yeah uh, but what I wanted to say about Snape like like I don't understand how Snape has this thing where he's like Lily was the love of his life like he's like indebted mm. to doing the right thing basically because Voldemort killed Lily like that's the reason he's not on Voldemort's side anymore because he killed Lily and so like how is it that you have so much love for Lily like still to this day kind of thing but you treat her son who she died for mm-hmm. who she obviously loves so much that she literally died for him how do you treat him like such shit and you're so fucking mean to him and so terrible to him like it just doesn't make sense like oh. if you actually cared about Lily you would care about the son who she died for yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, like, and so And also, wild. like, then Harry, too, this is where Harry sees the memory where his dad bullied him. And honestly, like, I mean, it wasn't great of Harry's dad to bully, right? Snape should not. I yeah. understand that, like, bullying is damaging. But also, like, you got to get over it. You made choices as a Death Eater. Like, you can't, hey, the, the only way to be free is to forgive Snape, you know? And, like, yeah. let it go. Um, yeah, and it's, like, Harry's, like, James totally seems like, a dick like he seems like a popular guy Mm -hmm. who like kind of everyone likes but he like treats the you know weird kids in school bad like he's totally a dick whatever but also like they were 16 and like I get that Harry's like I'm 16 now it's like yeah but your dad was just like a rich kid who like was really liked in school like he didn't have to deal with stuff so like yeah he was dumber it's like yeah like kids who are able to be kids grow up a lot slower whereas like Harry had to be an adult and so he had to grow up really fast but it's totally it's like yeah Snape then you went on to do like probably heinous things and like torture people in the name of the Dark Lord and you're still mad that you got like hung upside down and like bullied and like your underwear got laughed at like come on yeah I am like not sad that Snape dies I never feel I'm like probably for the best I don't even think you should have gotten his kid named after him but whatever oh 100% that's fucking wild it's like wait he like tortured you as a kid like he 
tortured Harry his whole life and then you like named your kid after him just because he was like working a double agent. It's like he was repaying his own sins. Like he wasn't yeah. doing that for Harry. Like he was like putting in his own penance for like in his own karmic penance for being such a terrible person before. Like he didn't do that for Harry. Mm-hmm. Like it was dumb. Oh, yeah, I yeah. agree. And then Snape gives up and doesn't teach him. So, so cool. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And then I love Fred and George because they are, I think, the most woke in all of the Harry Potter series. And they just bounce. They're like, we're not going to do this anymore. They're like, we're done with this whole Umbridge thing. And they do this amazing, like, dragon firework that chases Umbridge during exams. Uh, It's just so epic. And they just, everybody cheers from them. Uh, Honestly. And they seem like the most well-adjusted. Like, they understand that, like, school doesn't teach you everything you Mm -hmm. need to know. They're like, we want to be, like freaking magic shop like yeah, they're businessmen like, they're entrepreneurs yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and they're like we don't need to be here it's just wasting our time and everyone else's time and yeah. it's like and no one else understands that and it's like they're like so much smarter and like well adjusted yeah and then harry right after that falls down and he sees uh the death eaters torturing sirius and telling him to get the prophecy and i just it always frustrates me because especially in the movie too it feels so not real like it's like there's no way you know this is a trick but yeah uh, and just like the panic that ensues in him and i get it because he did see something that was real but it's like the panic that ensues that like he can't even like reach a member of the order like there has to be a way and i know he like tries i know like that's the whole next part but like i don't know i just feel like he needed more confirmation than just like creature saying some shit like yeah For sure. And they, like, try to get into the flu network, which is all, of course, at Umbridge's office. And then Umbridge, of course, busts them and is like, oh, I'm going to use the truth serum. But Snape is like, well, you used it all up. And I was like, I almost wish that she hadn't, though, because then she would know that, right? I mean, she probably would have killed him because all he's going to say is that Voldemort's there because that's the truth. But and then Harry tries to give this message to Snape that he's got Padfoot at the place where it's hidden. And Snape's like... Oh, I don't know. You know, and I was like, is Snape, like, oh. let him die? Like, did Snape do yeah. anything? Like, Well, it's like, why did Snape, like, I understand why Snape was trying to keep up pretenses for Umbridge, because Snape does go and check on the situation after that. Like, mm-hmm. he does understand what Harry's saying. But it's like, you didn't, why didn't you just wink at him? Like, you could have just, like, when Umbridge's not looking, wink at Harry so you know you, you like, so yeah. he knows that you understood what you said. And so he doesn't, like, go on and try and, like, yeah, and oh. just put himself in a bunch of danger. Yeah. Like, it's just hard because you can't trust Snape. There's been no reason to trust him. So, yeah. Yeah. So then Umbridge is going to torture the information out of him. And just it's like, oh, so awful. And she's like, well, what the minister doesn't know won't hurt him. Uh, and he's like already married, too. And she's just like sucking his dick, essentially. Yeah. When he's it's not- also like, I'm like, well, I always wonder, like, what does Fudge know? Like, does Fudge know that she's doing the like hand torture thing to all of them? Like, yeah. does she like it's like I just want to like I think Fudge just like kind of pretends that none of it's happening uh-huh. even though he like knows it's happening and it's like at this point i don't think fudge would have an issue with her doing the cruciatus curse on yeah honestly Harry. i like, kind of feel like i've always assumed that fudge just knew and didn't care right uh yeah and just, and just like he's pretending to not know yeah uh and then hermione does this brilliant bit of improv where it's like well if you won't tell her i will about dumbledore's secret weapon and it's just and it's insane she's such a baddie oh, yeah. she's so good and it's insane though that these kids literally have to play into these bizarre fantasies for grown-ups because the grown-ups won't listen to reality yeah. 
Like Yeah, the grown-ups are so far away from like into conspiracy. It's very much like like Gen Zers now. Mm-hmm. Like Gen Zers are on TikTok, like breaking down capitalism and like promoting, you know, like promoting like Marxism. And like meanwhile, like adults in Congress and like adult Trump voters are like, it's a scam. Like Democrats <laughs> are eating babies. And like t- and, like literally TikTokers are like, no, this is all a plot of capitalism. And they're like, no, they're drinking blood of children. And it's like, oh, oh my god. god. Oh, the world. Anyway, so Umbridge literally says that she hates children, which is, uh, then why do you work with them? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're literally running a school. <laughs> like, yeah. what? But good news is centaurs are about to fuck this bitch up. So, um, and she literally is then racist and calls them half-breeds again, which is awful. Yeah. Of course she's racist, right? Um, of course. Yeah. There's no reason for her not to be. Um, but the scene is also just, like, traumatic and in so many levels because it's like we hate her because she's a racist mm-hmm. psychopath right but also like the whole like the big it's triggering to me like the big like a herd of men oh, carry yeah. her off when she's screaming and like that's very like group rapey and you're just like fuck and it's like ah, it's just like so bad all around yeah and it's hard to say that she yeah. like deserves this it's like hard to say i mean like and in a weird way, like, she does because she's been so inhumane, but also, like, yikes. Like, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want anybody. I don't I don't think this is – rape is not an effective teaching tool. Um, yeah, and it's, like – it's just, like, sus that JK never explains what happens to her, so I think it leaves open the possibility yeah. of, like, rape in a big way. And, like, maybe it's not, like, rape in the way that we as humans experience it, but, like, in, they definitely, like, were violating toward her, and it's, like – Ah, like I, ooh, I ooh, it's not good. Oh, it's but at least uh, there's a great bit where the uh, Umbridge is like, "We'll tell him I mean no harm," and Harry's like, "Sorry, Professor, I can tell no lies." Like just like dead <laughs> yes! eyes. It's like so. Oh, it's uh, so uh, good. Uh, uh, so. Yeah. That's such a dry mock. Like, yeah, mic right. Uh, it, I mean, like, it is boom. standing up to the abuser in like the best way. And so then Ron gave yeah. the Inquisitor Squad puking pasties, which is like super clever and smart. <laughs> and then yeah. Harry is, makes this whole big dramatic deal, like, "Oh, I have to go alone." And Neville's like, "Uh, Dumbledore's army, bro." Oh, and so God. they they fly on the. Th- yeah. Also, like every book, every book carries know, like right? I'm do it alone. Shut- and you're like, shut up! Like you, you never go alone. Said at the beginning Chill. of forming like, the Dumbledore's army, that you didn't do it alone. So just accept it. Like, why would you want to yeah. do it? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so they fly on the what is it? The Thestrals. On one day, I'll say this right. Thestrals. Thestrals. Oh my goodness. Thestrals. Um, and it's insane. <laughs> like the ministry is like so completely empty after hours. All of these millions we spend to the government, and <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, and there's not no. even one security guard. I'm like, there's no one to just like. You can literally just, anyone can walk in the phone booth and just go into the ministry. Yeah. It's like that seems so unsafe. Like, where are the people? Oh, I know, right? And then he finds the door, and of course, like Sirius isn't there. I mean, I think you would notice too. Like, it's so empty, nobody's there. I, or I don't even understand why they didn't just try to talk to Sirius directly. I mean, I guess because Creature kind of threw them off, but well, I don't know why you would have ever trusted Creature. Yeah. I just. <laughs> why didn't they flew network to like tonk's house or something yeah you know? like, or like or, with the a more responsible adults to actually handle this a little yeah. bit easier i don't know uh but anyway then they hear the prophecy which is basically like oh that voldemort will mark him as his equal and that he could have chosen neville uh and that neither can live while the other survives and then the Death Eaters are back. They have better costumes this time. They're not as kkk um, They're in style and ready to do evil. Uh, I love Bellatrix, though, even though she's so terrible. Uh, she's so... Uh, oh, yeah. 
I love her. Just, Helena Bonham oh, Carter is just like such an amazing person and actress and like is so yeah. good at her role. And like, so then yeah. we learned this whole thing that like prophecies can only be retrieved by who they were made by, which is like, I mean, I guess Voldemort can't do his own dirty work and get the prophecy. I guess he still wants to remain hidden, so it makes sense. Yeah. But, um, but also why? And like, I know we talked about this already, but why? Why are they calling like the order early in the book? They're like, there's a weapon. It's like a mm-hmm. weapon of some sorts at the ministry. And it's like, how is this a weapon? to anyone everyone already knows this information because yeah. snape overheard it and told voldemort and dumbledore knows it like this is not new you have the anyone. literal person who made the prediction teaching at hogwarts right yeah like, i like, don't know why does anyone need this that bad i don't get it Ugh. it's so weird yeah but anyway neville kicks ass and then luna is also so supportive i honestly ship neville and luna together uh, i feel like they're perfect yeah, for each other but and then jenny makes literally all of these prophecies crash i was like i mean i guess they <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) we're never prepared for a duel in this room but oh my god like everything is gone and um. yeah it's like yeah exactly it's like if prophecies are so important in the wizarding (laughs) world it's like i guess we'll fuck that like that doesn't matter anymore like every other prophecy that like pertains to anyone else's life there's like sorry sucks to suck you'll never know yeah goodbye anyway yeah Uh, and this like the department of mysteries in the book is so much like scarier and creepy because there's that whole like brain room and everything yeah oh i still get brain tentacles that that wrap around Uh. one that's creepy and there's like one there was like there's like a tank where there's like a baby that's like turning into a no it's like it's like a time turner thing and a death yeah. falls in it and then his head turns into a baby and then turns into an old man again and then turns into, a and turns into an old man it's like whoa yeah there's hella creepy shit oh, it's Th- so that's scary. like such a well-written scene i think yeah like they, she writes like the actual setup for the room mm-hmm. very, like, the room i wish they well. included more of that in the movie because it's so it was so interesting in the book but yeah. They do include the vowel, and it's, like, this empty archway, and only, like, Harry and Luna can hear, and it was like, oh, if they had only gone into, like, any other room, you know what I mean? I they had only gone... And then I always laugh, too, because then all finally all these Death Eaters surround them. But they've been outrun by children for this long. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> and a bunch of them have been hurt. And it's like, yeah. in the book specifically, like, most of the kids are hurt at that point. But it's like a bunch of the Death Eaters are also hurt. And it's like, yeah, they're, like, so pathetic. Yeah. Like, they think they're these, like, big, tough, like like strong wizards and it's like they just get overrun by a group of like five kids like so easily yeah and then lucius is there and he's like oh did you really think you could beat us and harry's like i'm always thinking like well harry beat voldemort like four times so like yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably you know <laughs> yeah like, like who is harry not be? like have you ever battled a basilisk i don't yeah, think so right um so then he ends up like handing over the prophecy because they but then sirius shows up and just punches lucius and is like get away from my godson oh Oh, no and then uh and if they had just let it take if they had just let him take it you know uh, if they just left if it was just that moment oh it would have been so different but and i hate that like his last line to harry is like nice one james uh, yeah and then he it's gets so oh, oh it's so fun he gets disarmed because and bellatrix hits him with the killing curse and he just falls to the veil uh, and it's just slow motion and it just hurts and then lupin grabbing harry uh and the very person that he was trying to protect from dying is dead yeah. and, oh. and i feel like the nice one james thing is so like heart-wrenching because mm. all harry wants in his whole life is to like have a family like to be recognized as who he is like by an adult like to have any sort of support system or any sort of person that cares about him like specifically him and it's like like even in this last moment like his godfather you know mistakes him for his father and it's like just totally like 
to like minimizes Harry as his own person who has his own stuff that he's going through and who has like such a hard life and like deserves so much love and it's like still in this <sighs> very last moment like Sirius recognizes him as his father and is giving yeah. love to his father and it's like no like oh, and it was the last of his family the very last yeah. like and he is all alone I think like oh. this much take like after the books like end like or you know like between graduating school and defeating not graduating mm-hmm. but you know quitting school and defeating Voldemort yeah. and then when they have like kids and whatever like that prologue at the end um I think like Harry must have had so much processing to do it's like he's unable to process any of the stuff that happens during the book because it's all so compounded and so quick and it's like I'm like he must have been in therapy like five times a week for like two hours a day just to process like what happened at all like oh my god yeah it's rough and Harry runs after Bellatrix and I love the like I killed Sirius Black yeah get me oh Oh, she's so so creepy cool and then they, he tries to, like, use the curses on her. And Voldemort's, like, in his head. And is like, oh, you've got to mean it, Harry. It's so fucking twisted and, and messed up. And he's like, oh. And literally, Voldemort is, like, trying to say, kill Bellatrix. You deserve it. Like, she deserves it. You know the spell. And meanwhile, Bellatrix, like, is major dick sucking, sucking Voldemort, right? Like, literally, while he's trying to kill her, she's, like, so turned on by him. Yeah. Bellatrix is a goddamn freak, yeah. man. Like, yeah. I'm here for it, though. And it's, like, literally, like, his most loyal servant. Like, I know he was called Snape his most loyal servant, but, like, obviously it's mm. Bellatrix. Like, Bellatrix is, like, the yeah. most, like, crazy out of her mind loyal to him. And it's, like, even her, mm-hmm. like, Voldemort doesn't give a fuck about anyone at all. Like, he was, like, no. it would be funny to see if Harry will actually kill this person. Let's just, I'll just tell yeah. him to do it. Like... Yeah, for funsies. Um, I'm yeah, a 16 year old cool. man at this point, and I'm just like <laughs> yeah. telling this 15 year old to kill people. I'm like awesome. Like he's so oh my god. Up. And then Dumbledore though comes here ready to lecture, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what? It was foolish of you to come here, you know." And Voldemort is so cocky. He's like, "You know what? You're. I'm gonna be gone before anybody's here, and you're gonna be dead." And then it's just like an epic battle in the movie. It's just it's great. Just watch it <laughs> if you haven't. Yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. Um, It is just the coolest magic. Nobody even says any words for spells. And then Voldemort, though, then goes after Harry, which I guess is, like, Dumbledore's weakness. And, like, makes him say these words. And it's so, it's so scary. Like, not only is, like, Voldemort ruining his life, he's, like, then possessing Harry, which is, ugh. And it's so, it's so hard. And, like, Dumbledore then finally, (laughs) I mean, it took, like, two hours to get here, but finally like walks Harry through how to fight off pretty much like the possession of Voldemort and Dumbledore's like it's not how you are alike it is how you are different which is such I think an important thing for like people who are abused or feel like they're going to become like their abusers especially like my family was my abuser to some stuff so there was always this like worry of like oh my god I'm genetically wired to become like this so that like quote meant a lot to me to be like it's not how you're alike it is like the different choice that you were making uh yeah totally and you know when that would have been great for harry um like four yeah, books ago literally. like or like at the beginning of the literally. book or like any any time before it got to the point of literal like possession and like yeah. death of his last family but it's member so true though i feel like it, it the help comes to like those that are traumatized so too late in our current society and i'm like i'm hoping yeah. that we can change that but it is always it's always like it should yeah. have been so much sooner um 
Yeah, it's like after you're traumatized and then like relearn on your own how to like live a life and just like have your traumas just following behind you. Like then people like start to have access to therapy mm-hmm. and access to help. It's like, why don't we like one, like give people therapy before they're yeah. traumatized or like give people therapy like immediately after being traumatized or like even more importantly, give trauma, give people who inflict trauma like the therapy mm-hmm. first so that they don't inflict trauma on Absolutely. other people. Like let's give therapy to the abusive people so they don't inflict trauma. Absolutely. And everybody should, we're all going to deal with trauma at some point. We should all have at least some basic knowledge. Like, honestly, dealing with trauma should be a class taught in public school. Oh, yeah. It should be that it's not, like, it's it's not unavoidable. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, having a counselor in schools is not enough. Oh, it's it's not. One One counselor, yeah, for 600 students. Yeah, nice try. And it's, like, and it's, like, weird because it's, like, I feel, like, going to a school counselor sort of ostracizes you mm-hmm. like that's like like other kids could bully you for that like it just seems uncomfortable and like not normal and it's like but if yeah everyone participated in like a therapy class everyone participated in group therapy or in like just trauma you know how to be a trauma-informed person like then it's like totally way more normalized yeah uh, america hates mental health yeah we just sucks. really do we need yeah we need help we need we need to value more. But anyway, so all of the kids that were fighting and they come and see Dumbledore with possessed Harry and they just look so sad and like literally they're just like all watching this battle in the movie and it's just terrible. Like how embarrassing, right? And like, but Harry has this like great moment of strength where he tells Voldemort and he's like, you're the weak one. You will never know love or friendship and I feel sorry yes, for yes, you. And yes. it's like, oh, so yes. good. So good. So good. Yeah, he, like, must pull from such a deep well of, like, even though he's had so much hurt, like, he still knows, like, his friends, like, after seeing them fight for and, like, literally risk their lives for him, like, he's like, ugh, like, at least I have friendship, which, like, is family and, like, means everything. And it's like, ugh, that's beautiful. It's good that ugh. he can, like, I feel like he doesn't feel that way most of the time. And it's nice to see this moment where yeah. he finally, like, realizes that, like, that's true for him. Like, he does have people who love him and he always will. And, like, <sighs> so powerful. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Voldemort, who is, you know, is Voldemort. And he's like, well, you're a fool and you'll lose. And Voldemort just like pop is about to pop off. But then he is spotted by all of the ministry and stupid fudge is like he's back. And was like, no, duh, shit brained. Literally everyone's been telling you. But uh, good news is that he resigns. So <laughs> yeah, vindicated. <laughs> it's just like, what did fudge think was going to happen? Like, what was his plan? Like, he was like. Like, he, he was either like, okay, it's all a ploy somehow to get power. Yeah. It's like, you must have known that this was going to happen to you. Like, and just having no game plan for, like, when you actually are, have to face the fact that he's back is, like, so stupid. Oh, I don't know. I just, I, he just wasn't ready to emotionally deal is what I think. Yeah. He just wasn't. But poor Harry. And, like, wasn't, yeah. doesn't have the intelligence to actually make yeah. a plan for, like, if Voldemort was back. So he's like, yeah, I actually don't know what to do. I should leave this position. Yeah. Oh, and then poor Harry just thinks that it's all of his fault. But it's also, I think, honestly, who's really to blame for serious death is Dumbledore, dude. Because if Dumbledore had explained more, everything would have made more sense. Harry would have trusted it more. Yeah, if he had made himself available to Harry at any fucking point during this book, so much could have been prevented. Like, Harry being abused could have been prevented. Like, Harry having to form his own defense thing, like, might have, like, you know, been prevented. Like, Harry not trusting Snape. If, If Harry knew that Snape could actually be fucking trusted, like, if he learned that like way earlier in the books Mm -hmm. then he could have actually told Snape and had faith that Snape would relay the message about the you know Padfoot blah 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 blah. like like if Dumbledore did anything to like prepare Harry for this at all like all of this could have been avoided and he would have had his one fucking family member still Dumbledore god damn it yeah and then yeah I love Luna's last line too of like 
the things that we lose have a way of coming back to us in the end, if not always in the way that we expect. And I honestly think that's such a great line for grief because I've always looked at kind of like when somebody dies or something dies, like that the world, like they're never truly not gone. You know what I mean? Like they're always like, especially now too with the technology that we have, thank God there's always like little bits of, of their memory preserved and kind of like even like within yourself, within your own memories, with the things that you have. But yeah, that's the fifth movie. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. So much happens. I feel like when talking about this movie piece by piece, it just reminds me, I'm like, there's so many huge, huge, huge plot points in this like movie and book. And it's like, that's why I like never, like it was never my favorite. Cause I'm like, it's just like so packed full of like the worst things in the world. And like, like Quidditch being taken away from Harry, which is like his mm-hmm. one fucking thing that like really makes him feel free. And it's like, that's taken away from him. Defense gets the arts gets taken away from him. His only family members taken away from him. And it's just like, how much worse can life get for Harry? Like literally this book is so sadistic. I feel like on JK yeah. Rowling's part, like she's like, how bad, how bad can I make this? And still it's going to be like a successful yeah. book. Like, but like for how me, that, that was that was what about this book that I loved because in at the time that I was reading it and like when I was around his age, it was like uh, my uh, I had like this abusive stepdad and he was basically like taking away theater right and there was like nowhere to go and so I so related to Harry and I needed. I needed that kind of thing of like knowing that I wasn't alone in my feeling or of this like anger, right? And so this book for me, like while it was sadistic, it definitely like, it makes me like kind of remember that time, I guess in some ways. And like, it makes me, I do feel like it is very accurate of like how a depressed, traumatized person feels who has like limited hope and limited like kind of ways. And then the ways that, the community fails our traumatized and depressed people, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 And the way that you're saying it, like it does sort of function Mm -hmm. as group therapy. Like it's like being like, oh, someone else is having this experience or like a similar experience that's just sort of like, you know, just trauma upon trauma upon reinforcing trauma. It makes you know that you're not alone and that, you know, because you're not, because I think when you're going through this stuff, especially when you're on like the other end of abuse, the most typical thing for an abuser is to make you feel like you are the one causing all this and that you deserve all the bad things happening to you. And so and you kind of yeah. and then when you kind of realize like, oh, OK, like it's not me, it's this other person. Right. I mean, and there's still stuff that unfortunately you have to do as somebody who is abused to like kind of get yourself back to like normal personhood it's not an easy battle by any means but it was yeah it was definitely like eye-opening for me which is why I loved it because I felt like I felt like it was very honest uh and something most people I feel like don't want to go there because they're like oh we uh, we can't like not be happy right we can't ever get away from the equilibrium that we decided is happiness but like life yeah yeah like the Mm -hmm. no bad days and it's like and that's not (laughs) life I feel like um yeah yeah and not at all and that doesn't prepare you for to handle life is like if everyone just drills into you like no bad days everything ends up happy like stories that just end up happy it's like but when you're actually experiencing life and things are not happy then you think that you're not mm-hmm. normal when really that yeah. is the norm like, like life is a pendulum and it swings from like good days and bad days and so yeah and it's like and sometimes too like sometimes bad days end up being worthwhile like they sometimes they make you rest or they make you reconsider things so in a way I can see like the people trying to 
reframe them as good things, right? Like everything is like kind of how you look at it. But sometimes you also just got to feel your feelings as a human. Yeah. yeah is there totally. anything else you'd like to say about the book or anything you'd like to plug? I did your little read through at the beginning, but you know. Cute. Yeah, that's it. I want to plug trauma-informed systems principles. If anyone is like looking to learn more about trauma or how to be a person who can help respond to trauma or like how to even better talk to your friends when they talk about trauma, you can look up trauma-informed systems principles. It's a silly name, but like TIS principles. Um, there's a website called Trauma Transformed and it has all the resources you need on just how, learning the basic principles of how to be a trauma-informed person and then how to like apply them to just regular conversations. And I got, I luckily got to do that training at work and I found it so helpful in my life. And I feel awesome. like it's helpful for anyone who listens to Harry Potter this much and like is like such a Harry Potter stan knows that like trauma is real. So yes, it, <laughs> yeah. it was very real. Well, thank you so much for coming yes! on. This was great. Yeah. And how great if you've made it to the end of listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. All of the links to follow each of us are below. And thanks for listening. I also recently just hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. It's just a little bit over. So appreciate your guys' support and can't wait to keep creating more content with you. Have a fantabulous week.